Welcome to the podcast where we bring on remarkable people to tell their stories. I'm Paul Gilman. I'm Daniel Lance. And this is Pod So One. Quick announcement before we get started. We have now added comment sections to our website. So if you have thoughts to share, head on over to podso one the number one, dot io to leave a comment. You can also send us feedback on how we're doing directly through our website. In all cases, we'd appreciate your thoughts. This week we had Craig Grimes, who probably should be a stand-up comedian, come on to reminisce with Paul on their salt and pepper basketball games, share his experiences growing up as the 12th of 13 grandchildren, and explain how life can fit into Winnie the Pooh characters. We recorded our conversation with Craig before the death of George Floyd, so we had him come back on to give his follow-up thoughts on America's relationship with race toward the end. So here's Craig. What do you want to know about Craig before we get going, or you just want to go in? Uh, I, I mean, like, I have, I have all the questions in the world because I know really nothing about you, Craig. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> I mean, like everything. I know that you guys, I really want to talk about how you guys became friends. You want to talk about salt and pepper. <laughs> I thought you guys were friends in high school. He says pepper and salt. I say salt and pepper. <laughs> you got different priorities, I see. <laughs> so I thought you were friends in high school and then you played like no, street we, basketball with each other. No. No. We knew each other when we were younger than high school. Yeah. 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 You were pro- Yeah. Like I'd, go, I'd go over to Berkeley Town. You come over to Beverly Road. So what are you? Two years? I'm two young, years younger than you. Younger than you. So you're 51. Yeah. I will always be two years younger than you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You'll never. You'll never catch up. Craig Scooter. Yeah. Bring it in. Craig Scooter. JC. Yes. Uh, Coco. Rod. Timmy Walsh. Rod. Uh, it was all these guys two years ahead of me. And you, you've noticed I'm a large person, Dan. So I could hang with guys two years older than me, even though I didn't have the advantage of two years of growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was uh, athletically much better than all of them. Ah, that's not true at all. That's, that is uh, not true. <laughs> but I, I, I would, I would, I would play with him. We play football. We play basketball. A lot of basketball. And the one court we play on uh, on Beverly Road. Uh, We'll just call it my side of town. Yeah, it was uh, on the right side. Was it was a dirt dirt court court? Yeah, you ever played on the dirt court? No, yeah. never. They, isn't that like a tennis thing? Uh, clay court. No. Yeah, but I'm talking about like dirt. Uh, brown dirt, Central Virginia <laughs> clay mixed with brown topsoil kind of thing. And there was a the right sideline. This was a basket behind a shed in somebody's backyard. It was Coco's backyard. Yeah, and there was a ridge. Yeah, that, that was maybe. I don't know, a foot higher than the rest of the dirt court. And you could launch from that thing and do all kinds of crazy stuff. Like you were eye level with the rim when you stood on that thing. Yeah, but then what happens when you when It was you ridiculous. We would dribble. You'd have to dribble. You'd have to dribble, yeah. Like you'd have to play the 45-degree angle of the mound. It was crazy. Yeah. They had the advantage, Daniel, because they knew all of the, the nuances of the dirt and, and the different bounces. Where not to bounce the ball. Right. And then they somehow strategically let gnats go uh, <laughs> at some point in the evening. Like you're playing basketball and all of a sudden you just get swarmed by a whole bunch of bugs. It, it, so, it, I mean, it, you couldn't it, even concentrate. It didn't, it didn't bother us. No. No. Dang. No. They no. were well organized. They were. It, it was. So, was this a bunch of white dudes on one side and a bunch of black dudes yeah. on the other? It was always racial. Was it? We, we mix it up every once in a while. 
But there was some weird. After, I don't know what it was. Yeah. Was it conscious? Or were we just like, no, we we're on one side and you're on the other. Yeah, I think we. I think it was. I think it was conscious. I don't think we we didn't. We called it salt and pepper back yeah, then. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. We, it we was, should have kept scores. And, and written down. It, oh, we definitely should have written Had there written been down. a history paper trail. Oh, yeah, because your, your side's going to claim 70% oh, victory. Oh, and man, my side's claiming 70% trust me, victory. Trust me. Trust me. Was there, Especially once you see Coco and JC and his, everybody else that he's talking about. His like, cousin Scooter couldn't jump. <laughs> <laughs> he had less than an inch vertical. Uh, am I wrong? <laughs> You might, be, you might be right. I saw him yesterday. It didn't look like he could jump the stairs. So. I'm talking about when he was 13, 14, 15. Oh, he turned 53 yesterday. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Happy birthday to Scooter. Yeah. 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 So when y'all played, uh, um, was there animosity or was it like friendly salt and pepper? It was always friendly. I it was thought. always there, friendly. There was some smack talk, but, yeah. it, but it was friendly smack It was talk. friendly. It was friendly. We were very competitive and stuff, and everybody wanted to win and, and stuff. But, yeah, I don't think we ever – we didn't never come to blows. We're like yeah. we the Pistons and the Bulls. Right. We kept playing like with each other. We'd go to Berkeley Town and play. Yeah. Yeah. You'd come over to Beverly. Yeah, they didn't want to travel that much to Berkeley Town, though. All I know is – and you, you claim this isn't right, but I, I swear I saw nine dudes on three bikes. <laughs> <laughs> coming from coming from your side of town. Well, yeah. Craig Craig reminded me the other day that it actually wasn't three bikes; it was just one bike, but it was three dudes. <laughs> in terms of, in terms of how far how far was Craig, it? Really? It was like a mile and a half, maybe like, two miles. Craig like, acted like it was a marathon like to get we, out of. We would talk like probably like at twelve and be like, "Yeah, we'll be there." And it took us literally sometimes like three and a half hours to get there, just through a variety of reasons. Whether right. what's point A and point B? How how far really is it? What probably from here, from your house right here? I'd say how far is the courthouse from here? A, three a mile? No, it's two miles. Oh, maybe. Two. Yeah. So maybe a little bit less than that. Yeah, less mile and a half, two miles. Yeah, mile and a half, two. Walking. Yeah. Or or, 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 three, or three dudes or on one bike. Yeah, yeah. And this was Do, you know you know how that works? Three dudes on one bike. <laughs> I I can picture two, but not three. All right, so one's on the handlebars. Okay. One's on the seat. Okay. And then there's a dude pedaling in between those two. <laughs> like standing on the pedal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He he couldn't sit for that whole mile and three quarters trip. Or, or dependent on the bike, if the bike had a crossbar, you could sit. Sort of. Oh sideways. yeah, yeah, yeah. You could sit sideways, but it was very, very unhealthy. Very. I mean, seriously, it didn't look fun. It, could you imagine, like, just having somebody on the on the on the window, uh, uh, what window bars and stuff, and you're riding right now? You'd be like, okay, you can't see anything. Mm-hmm. This is not going to end well. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that for no. miles. No, no. It had to be painful. Oh, it was for for every single person right. out of the three. Yeah. Maybe. So so it, I saw like a couple times three dudes on one bike, and then I just changed it to nine dudes <laughs> on three bikes. <laughs> See, all, so look at all the stuff we had to go through uh, just to get there. Right. Like today. They, they, they were exhausted by the time they got there. So that's why we won seventy. Why did pa- Why did Pepper have to come to Salt's neighborhood? Salt would but, go to Pepper's neighborhood too. Yeah, yeah, but the courts over at Gandy, 
like if we did, I mean, if other people were playing. Oh, know, yeah. We, we were kids. Yeah, we were kids. We were getting kicked off. So they weren't going to let us take up a court. Mm. So really from the, I mean, like we had our own. We were relegated to the dirt <laughs> court behind our friend's shed. <laughs> but that was, those were fun days, Those were man. fun days. Yeah. And this was when, this was when, Daniel, you know, you could wake up in the morning you left your home, and as long as you were back home before the street lights came back, yeah, before the mo- sun, yeah, before, before yeah. your mom didn't have to ask about you, you were good, you were good mm-hmm. in the community. But now you can't even envision something like that happening. You know, during the summer, you couldn't imagine like not hearing from your kids for eight or yeah, nine. Hours. There was no national mm-hmm. boogeyman on social no. media or CNN no. or whatever. Yeah. No, no, totally different place. Totally mm-hmm. different. Even, so, like, did your parents know that y'all were going to, I guess, Paul's neighborhood? Nah. It technically wasn't my neighborhood, but it was a certain uh, <laughs> side of town. <laughs> no, my mom didn't know. All she knew is that we weren't home. Oh, my! I'd go to Brooklyn yeah. Town. She didn't have a clue I was over yeah. there. They didn't uh, care. No, as long as you were out of the house. Like, back then, your parents did not want you in the house. And your summertime was outside. Like, there was no summer vacation. And there were no handheld us. devices and no. any of that stuff. No, mm. Yeah, so you just... So was it natural for you to got to hang out with each other or was it is the default to like hang out with people of your own race but you guys somehow decided to like hey say hey let's go do some salt and pepper. Well, so, so let's talk about yeah. uh the and, and look Co may not like this. We don't have to use his last name. <laughs> Co- Coco's family. Yeah. Paul Courtney Pollard PCP. I just said his name. There it is. His initials are PCP. I that, that gets me every time. <laughs> PCP. Uh I don't think his parents to this day even know what that is. Uh, so, no, uh, you told me the story Saturday. Tell, tell us the story about yeah. uh, your family and Coco's yeah. family. So, 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 my family dynamics and Coco's family dynamics. So, I have an older sister who's 10 years older than me. Coco's sister is the same age as she is. They graduated from Patrick Henry together. Mm-hmm. My next oldest sibling is a brother. Coco has a brother. They graduated together. My youngest sibling is my sister. Coco has a sister. They no graduated way. together. And then Coco and I. So you have a black family, a white family with four children. And all four of those children graduated from the same high school um, at the same time. At the same time. And I asked if, if the three older siblings in each family yeah. hung out with each other. No. And your answer was? No, no, they didn't. They, they didn't know each other. Mm. I mean, where they may have known the name, but back then, like when my oldest sister was in high school, you know, uh, the schools weren't, uh, they they had just gotten segregated. Or or, integrated. Or integrated, excuse me, I said, yeah, I said segregated. But yeah, so, but they they didn't know each other, but Coco and I grew up. Yeah, you graduated high school in 85. Yeah, graduated in 85. Your oldest sister graduated in 75. And I think I met Coco like in Henry Clay. I want to say like the first or second grade. So that was like back in 72, 73. Mm. So, I mean, when you think about it, how many people do you know you've been, you've known? Yeah, not many. consider a friend for 45 plus years or even longer, you know, and then to just throw in that, that black white component. I mean, that's highly unusual. I tell my, I tell my kids about that today. I mean, Coco and JC and Paul and all these guys, like these are, these are friends. Like these are people that, you know, normal, good people that don't think twice about it. Yeah. But you know, we, 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 we've become so 
segmented and divided now. And hell, that's a whole nother story. Mm. <laughs> well, you've been lived in Arizona three different times and, <laughs> right. in the last five years. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. I can tell you all about Arizona and crazy shit do, out there. Do y'all think it would have gone a different way if, if there wasn't basketball? We had other sports. We had other sports. We played. <laughs> yeah, we, right. It sports was just, is the question. It, it, it is. It was sports. Yeah, we played yeah. football. Um, there was there was no handheld devices. There were no video games. You just plopped down. There were three channels, four yeah. if you counted PBS. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, you got outside and you did stuff. And it mm. wasn't like we're going to go on a nature trail for a walk. I mean, you, you wanted to be competitive and play team sports. Yeah. 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 And it, it, it brought us together. It did. Nice. So sports were important. Okay. Same way it is today. Yeah. I mean, sports is important. When you talk about, you know, people building relationships and connecting with one another and stuff, what's one of the best ways to do it? You yeah. Know, you watch sports. You watch you it play sports. Play it. Play yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Breaks down lots of barriers. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. All right. So uh, tell us about growing up. What, what was it like being five, six, <laughs> ten years old? Oh, man. So I will tell you. So I am the 12th of... Uh, 13 grandchildren that my uh, grandmother had. Uh, one of one of passed away, my cousin Tracy. She passed away when I was 11. She was 13. Mm-hmm. Um, she had leukemia. And at the time in 77, I remember her hair falling out and stuff. And, you, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I would see her bleeding and stuff. And I would, uh, you know, ask my mother. I was like, hey, is she going to be okay in this? Like, yeah. And, you know, and back then, parents... I guess for protection purposes, they never wanted to tell sort of the truth, yeah. you know. And uh, unfortunately, she passed away in 78. But I remember that 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 Friday afternoon, like my cousin coming to Gandhi and telling me that she had passed away. And I was just it was it was devastating. Couldn't believe it. Right? No, couldn't yeah. believe it. She was the first person that that I'd known that had passed away. How old was, was she? She was uh, she was 13. Wow. Yeah. Way too young. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, growing up, uh, there were, uh, let's see, I want to say there were 11 of us in a, uh, four room house. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. 11 in a four room house. Crazy. My my grandma, my grandfather built the house. I think, uh, we were just talking about this the other day. I like, think like in the late forties did not have any indoor plumbing. Oh yeah. So, so the first time that I took a shower was uh, 1974, 1974, 75. We had a well. well how, how old were you then? Uh, eight, nine years old. Oh, wow. We had a well. We had a well that, that you would prime and get <clears throat> the best spring water. Like, I'd be like, oh, my God, you want to talk about, like, water back then? Like, this was water you could just, it was so cold and refreshing, but you drank water all the time mm. um but i remember we would go and get the uh little milk gallon jugs and fill up and, and fill them up and you'd have gallons of, of, of spring water and then when you washed up you put it in a little tub you sat it on the stove and it heated up you know for 25 30 minutes that was hot water and then you're mm. sitting there Butterball naked standing on a linoleum floor getting washed up in the wintertime. And you're like, oh, my God, it's cold as hell. Wait a minute. Why is my feet freezing? You're sitting there shriveling. Then you think of like George Costanza. Shrinkage. It was shrinkage. The water was cold. The water was cold. Right. And, right. 
like I, I didn't grow up that yeah. way. Now I, I didn't grow up with a shower because <laughs> my mom, I mean, we didn't have a lot of money when I was a really little kid, but my mom had a preference for baths. And so we, we just took baths all the time, mm-hmm. but we had town water. Yeah. You, y'all weren't connected to town no, water. No, this was just, this was just a well out in the front yard. Yeah. I mean, little did I know. I mean, but yeah, it was, so that was, uh, that was, the, that was the first part. And, and like I said, it, and for people that know me, because our family was so close, like all of my first cousins, all of us are like brothers and sisters. So even though I have three brothers and sisters, um, I've really got 11 because right. we, were, we were just raised. Everything that we did, we did together. All first so cousins. Some, right. All first cousins. Summer vacation was out in the front yard. Like we never, we just... We just hung out together all the times. And yeah, and there's different age lineations, but as we've all gotten older, like we've all connected and uh, like our family, like they just love getting together and just having a good time. And I mean, shit, there were legendary parties growing up. Legendary. (laughs) Oh my God. Like if people... Like my my mother and aunts and stuff, like they were partying six, they were 65, 70 years old. We were dancing to Marvin Gaye and drinking. I, I mean, by the time I was 16 years old, 16, 17 years old, I'd probably had already been drunk probably about 25 times in my life. <laughs> Because you were one of the younger first cousins. <laughs> right. right. It's like, come here, boy. You can have some of this and stuff. Like, hey, come on, taste it. You know, it was good. It was just a different time. So but, yeah. let's go back to no plumbing. When did y'all get, <laughs> seriously, when, when did y'all get plumbing? We moved to open apartment. Yeah. So I moved over to Berkeley Town. Okay. So yeah, yeah. so we moved to over to Berkeley Town. Uh, but my grandfather's house, they didn't even, I think they got, they, they, they got plumbing back in 80, I want to say like in 80. Six. Yeah, you'd already graduated high school. Oh, yeah. Oh, close to it. Maybe I wasn't out of high school. But we did some, they did some renovations to the house. But it was like, it, it was definitely like after the 80s. I mean, or after the 70s, excuse me. Yeah, so yeah. You, you, 11 people yeah. in how many bedroom house? Three. Three bedrooms. So when you went to sleep, how many people were in the bed with you? Uh, there were three other people in the bed with me. That, that couldn't be Two a, other a restful night ever. No. I mean, like, but you, you slept, but you, you didn't feel like you didn't have anything. Like every, you, you felt like everything that you, that you needed, you, you, you had. You, and we never wanted for anything. Like, but you just, you, you know, but our level of exposure was so controlled as you, you know. Prob- you, yeah, you didn't know a lot about the outside. Yeah, right. right. So if you got further outside of, Ashland or even, I mean, going to Richmond and stuff was like, there, there used to be a, a bus that would stop outside my grandma's house and the city and the, and the bus would take you to, to Broad Street. Really? Yeah. I remember, I remember hopping on a bus one time. Huh. Now, they don't do that now. You know, they're not going to allow city buses in the county. Right. right. <laughs> like, they'd be like, no back way. in the day, they did that. Yeah, yeah, back in the day. That was at least, uh, yeah, one time. Well, if you wanted to get certain things, you had to go into Richmond. Yeah, you had to go into Richmond. Yeah. yeah. I mean, actually, at one point, I mean, we didn't have a, in a, in a town, there, there was no traffic. There, I think there was just the one traffic light that was 54. 54. And, and that was just a, a blinking fl- yeah, light. Yeah, it was a flashing yeah, light. Yeah, that was a flashing light. So that wasn't. That wasn't even. We literally you know. grew up in a 0. 0.5 <laughs> yeah. 
stop like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you see, you you know, and you just see Ashley now, you'd be like, what the heck? Well, you were saying to me the other day, uh, if you had grown up in the inner city. Oh, God. Yeah. With, with, with the uh, income that your family had. Yeah, yeah. What, what would that have been like? In well, your, I, I, I do think uh, because Ashland, Ashland was just far enough away where because we all didn't have transportation. And as my cousins and stuff got older, of course, they would go into Richmond. But I, I'm a believer that I think if we grew up in, in Richmond, in public housing, in that environment, then I, I, even no matter how strong I think I know our family was, I think that it would have opened us up to a lot of really bad things. bad issues that currently yeah. exist. I mean, you, you know, when people say, "Hey, you're a product of your environment," I think that 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 carries a lot of weight. I do. It's I, hard to overcome. It is. It's, it's extremely it's, hard to. Overcome. It's just it's just one additional challenge that you have to you know sort of try to deal with. I mean, so, I'm a. I'm, I'm sorry, Daniel. I was, I was, you know, I'm probably not going to script Paul because you're. No, talking, you're fine. You was talking. You was talking childhood and stuff. But I'm. I'm a. I'm a believer, man. That listen, there's nothing guaranteed one way or the other. And and you know what, you do things every damn day in your life that either increase or decrease percentages, either percentages of success or increase your percentages of failure. That's all you can do. And there is no exact blueprint to say, Daniel, if you do these five things, you're going to have a unbelievably successful life. Now, your percentages of success will increase, but there's no guarantee that you're going to be successful because you do all these things and stuff. So mm. that's sort of the way that I try to like look at everything. And, and certainly, you know, and now in times and stuff, you've just got to, you got to think like, okay. I'm potentially facing some challenges here. How do I, how do I overcome this, or what? What does this look like? And what does it feel like? Mm. So, why did you think that living in public housing would lower your percentage? Uh, because I think that there are just so many. Um, uh, man, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? You're just exposed to so many different vices. You know. Um, it it, 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 I, I, I think, you know, not just from a crime perspective, but drugs and, 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 and sex and all of that. I mean, all of those things are like, you know, if not handled properly can be explosive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then you're talking about times back in the seventies where it wasn't like there was a lot of information and communication and, you know, there were very few controls, you know, as Paul and I would say it, like, like I said, you woke up in the morning, hell, if it was a weekend, you left the house and, you know, you did, all you'd do is just come back by the time the, the sun went down. Mm-hmm. That was it. So I couldn't imagine being exposed to all of that, you know, at a, at a much uh, greater scale. Yeah, no information, <laughs> no, no, no real control. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're just leaving people up to their own. Oh, and you, you're surprised when a teenager does something that's pleasurable. Right. Mm. Yeah. 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 But, but you were out in the county. Yeah. I was out in the county. You you didn't have much, but but you felt like you, you had less exposure to those kinds of things. Yeah, I do. I, th- I think I, you know, grew up a, a little, I, I wouldn't say naive, but I think just overall, like you said, just overall exposure to things wasn't as, as, as great as it would have been if we would have lived in uh, the city of Richmond. You had like 
I guess how many families was that total in that big one family with eleven? There was it was it was it was the my grandmother and and her three uh, daughters, and then all their kids. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, did you like? I just I just feel like the uh, closeness between cousins is yeah. not very common. Yeah. Uh, anymore, <laughs> yeah. like, have you felt that as well? Like being. Uh, like from your generation to this, yeah, yeah. So one of the things that that actually the the left the twelve of us when we do get together, and this was Paul, the reason I couldn't come over uh, last oh, or yeah, two now, weeks now ago. Now I understand the Zoom. So thing. so we yeah. had a virtual Zoom happy hour mm. two weeks ago, and you know, and obviously this has been going on for a while and stuff. But I was over at my sister's house, and uh, you know, and everybody else was on camera. And I think at one point we may have had like close to. 20 people online so it was wow. good to see everyone and stuff and everybody's like checking in but you know you just get so partially excited to see people i started drinking like two hours before the zoom and by the time the zoom like we were on zoom for four and a half hours like Whoa. the 20 of us he said and, he partied like it was 1990 and then a small set because there, there's always an after party daniel anything that goes with my family there's a there's a party there's a parade right so people always want to well where's the after party so a couple of my cousins and stuff they stayed online i think to like two o'clock in the morning just sitting there just t- you know probably telling a whole bunch of lies and folklore stories and stuff but it's just we're, we're a social group mm. and you just want to connect but you know we often talk about like man the closeness that we have it's not the same for our kids and our kids have sort of been like you know they connect with commonality so fortunately my my children are close with my nieces and nephews and you know within my little pod um but as we've expanded out you know, that same type of closeness doesn't exist now. It's unrealistic for it to exist now because I've got family in Charlotte and Philly mm. and Georgia and stuff. Yeah, so, you're not first cousins living in no, the same house. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's just not it's just not feasible to yeah, have yeah. that type of but we 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 understand that and know that. And you know, and even though no matter how many stories we try to tell our kids and stuff, like they will never have that level of closeness because it's just you, you 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 just don't see that now. Mm. You just don't do that. So, out of your eleven first cousins, how many are going to listen to this podcast episode? Uh, I think maybe two or three. Really? Maybe for a little bit, and they won't listen to me for like I, I mean like it's because one, you're one of the younger ones. Well, because they'd be like, "That's just Booney talk. We've heard that before." <laughs> <laughs> you're saying Booney for the first yeah, time. Yeah. All right, so let's let's yeah. back up. Where'd you, where'd your nickname Booney come from? So, so my, 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 uh, let's see, I said what I was, uh, 12 out of 13. So my cousin that was, uh, 11 out of 13, maybe I'm going wrong or whatever, but she, she, she said, uh, I had on a, 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 an outfit one day and remember this was back in the seventies. Everything's loud and colorized and stuff. This guy. She said, yeah. yeah, she said, you look like Bozo. Bozo the Clown. That was a clown. Bozo. You remember? Oh, yeah. Remember the Seinfeld episode? George Casanza. He yeah. was all damn upset about... He was asking the guy, you don't know Bozo the Clown? And I was like, who's this Bozo the Clown? <laughs> Craig has watched way too much Seinfeld. Oh, I know. But when George was talking about... 
Dude, and the clown said, dude, stop talking to me about a big shoe clown. Who is this guy? So you have to see that episode. But she called me Bozo, and I was like, and somehow, somehow, Bozo evolved into, and I was very, I was very skinny. So it could have been bony. It could, I mean, I was bony. I, I took a picture, Daniel, I want to say probably in 82, 83. I had it on a white shirt. I looked like one of the kids over in Cambodia for USA Feed the World. I was like, I was not, you, you were you were not a thick guy. I was not, up for sure. I was not, I was skinny as hell. So I remember, I remember like wearing jeans and it, it was like 16, 18 in the waist. I was like, my God, what in the what? I was I was skinny. I was skinny. a sixteen inch waistline. <laughs> How's that even possible? I don't know. I, I was 22 inches out of the womb. <laughs> 16 might be an embellishment, but I was skinny. All right, so it it's a combination of bozo, Bo- bozo and, and, and boney. And, bo- and boney, and, I think, and it just got to boony. And boony, and boony sounds good. It, it, it does. It's unique. It is. There's not a whole bunch of boonies. I, you're the only boony I've ever known. Yeah, but you know what? I think there was a character... I can't remember if it was The Wire. Somebody, somebody was a crime figure. Maybe I saw it like on the first forty-eight on A and E. Is is the uh, Wire uh, fashioned after your life? No, no, I didn't have any crime. But when you, but when you hear somebody says "boonie," you're like, "Oh, dang. oh yeah," you know, like, like, like seriously. But you know, I was like, and, and if someone calls me "boonie," then I, then I'm like, "Oh God, they they really know me." Like All right, so they're Berkeley Town. Though. So real, real quickly, uh, <laughs> I ended up getting a job at a bank that became a, another bank that is in Richmond's giant, and nobody will ever figure it out. <laughs> and Craig was working at the bank, and I didn't know that. And I, I guess we were off Parham Road back then. Yeah, is that where we I were? Think so. I think so. Yeah. And I see Craig, and I'm super excited because I, I don't really know anybody there except for Jimmy. And I see him, and I yell across the floor, Booney! <laughs> We're in this stuffy bank. It's a, it's a very white bread kind of place to begin with. And Craig shuffles over very quickly, but trying not to be noticed by anybody after I've yelled Booney at him. <laughs> and he said, Paul, I go by Craig. <laughs> You can't say you can't say booty here. I'm like, right. it's your damn nickname. Why right, can't I say right, booty? Right, booty didn't come out at that very big bank. <laughs> oh yeah, but I, I tried to get it to come out. I you would let me. I, I called you Craig. For I know the next you did. I did. Years. I had to try to be. Prof- I, had, I needed a career, man. No, I understand. I think you could have had a career as booty at that really large bank. Yeah, but I'm not sure people really take you that serious if you just. Hey, what's your name? Booney. Uh, Craig, that, Craig, Craig does sound a lot more. <laughs> that, might not, that might not be a way to increase my percentages. That's uh, a, a good point. That's a good point. See, it all comes. Yeah, yeah. It's all about odds. Hey, so uh, can you rattle off the names of all the nicknames uh-huh. of your cousins? Because I only know two, two of the names. Okay, we all, have, yours. we all have nicknames. So S- Scooter. And then, um, I mean, Butchie, Buster, um, nicknames, Keedy, um, Tootsie, um, Robbie's not written, Spuddy. Spuddy. That's a yeah, new one for me. Spuddy. Um, Wayne's a first cousin, right? Yeah, Wayne's first cousin. All of these are my first cousins. Robbie. And, yeah. 
Well, Robbie's kind of a boring nickname. Yeah, Robbie is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Breek. We called him Breek. Breek. That's that's Breek. a lot more. Uh, yeah, that's exotic. Yeah. That's almost yeah. French. Yeah. He was Breek the Freak. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great nickname. That's an absolutely wonderful he, he nickname. Talk, he talk, you want to talk about creativity when we didn't. With, so, obviously, we all love playing sports. And I just have to tell you this real quick. So, like, we, I talked about, like, summer vacation was out in the front yard, my grandma's. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have we didn't have prior to to going to Gilman's and shooting off a basketball hoop. We took a, ble- a empty bleach Clorox box, cut the top off, cut the bottom off, then took a nail and tapped it up against a, a, a shed, and then we shot basketball with a tennis ball. And yep. let, let me tell you, if you can hit a fifteen foot jumper, okay, with a tennis ball, it's hard through. A Clorox, you, you want to talk, you thought your game was on fire. I'm sitting here like, oh, boom, boom, boom. Hey, now you might shoot one for 25, but when you made that one, oh, it, yeah, it, 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 it made great. you feel good. You forgot about the other 24, yeah. yeah. It did. So we did that. We played a shitload of wiffle ball. Oh, oh I love wiffle ball. Wiffle ball. And then my cousin Breed the Freak, he created, we, we, we played slow motion football. <laughs> we had a game also, stolen base. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, go back yeah, up yeah, to slow motion football. <laughs> so There's, it's hard for kids to stay in slow motion, right? But you had, we, it would be like, it was like the, elect, remember, remember the little uh, electronic football game that you plugged yeah, yeah. in and played? And it vibrated. So, and it yeah. vibrate and stuff, but we would, we, we sort of like had something like that. Were you playing but, tackle? No, this was, it, it was. this like a play? No, it was. was this a, a drama? No, no, no you, 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 everything was in slow motion. You just, you did. You, <laughs> doesn't make any sense to me. You didn't. You didn't get to start running all of a sudden like air, like the throw was slow motion. You caught the ball. Did everybody motion. know what was coming, uh, or was it actual competition? It was a. We, I think we only had like maybe four of us playing because, like my older cousins, they were going to play slow motion football. I, I'm younger than you. I'm not playing slow motion football. <laughs> you, you, you would have back in the seventies. You, probably. I was around you back then, Greg. Y'all never introduced that to my side of town. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> when we were very bored. Yeah, I don't think we ever brought that over to the white side. <laughs> you, you, you had to be bored to play slow motion football. <laughs> slow motion. <laughs> well, well, it fired a 200 tennis balls in a Clorox bottle. Uh, we play, we've play. we been playing wiffle ball for the last three hours. What, what else y'all want to do? <laughs> hey, I got this idea. <laughs> All right, so uh, amazing. You, you, you spent six glorious weeks uh, after high school at uh, uh, University of North Carolina. High Point. Yeah, High Point. High Point College. Yeah. Why, yeah. why did it not work out at High Point? So um, – what so back up to like graduation, right? Everybody, you know, most people you graduate, you go to college. I was like, oh god, I, I, I got to do something. All three of my siblings had gone to college and graduated, and I didn't want to be that one, you know, that sure. one that doesn't doesn't make it. So I, I think I told you Saturday, the only two colleges that I got even a postcard from was App State, Appalachian State, and uh, and uh, High Point. Nothing from Virginia schools. No. No. Why is that? Maybe I didn't apply or, you know, I, I think they had like a, 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 a some type of uh, 
school fair at one day and maybe App State or something had some brochure there. I filled it out and they sent me something. Yeah, they back. weren't heavy recruiting back yeah, in the it, day. No, right. So it wasn't like, I mean, maybe maybe it was racially based or whatever, but the fact that, you know, two schools. But there are a lot of HBCUs least, in Virginia. Yeah. And I thought I could, you know, and that was that was fine. Like even, I didn't know what I wanted to do and really didn't have a plan, but I knew, I was like, hey, you know what? I really, really like, going to Charlotte. My sister lived in Charlotte. Yeah. I, I love Charlotte, North Carolina. And once I found out High Point was only like 100, 100 miles from Charlotte, I was like, shit, I can go to High Point. And then like on the weekends, I can go and so, hang out with my so sister. So your decision was based on proximity to Charlotte. It was. Had nothing to do with an educational, you know, like, oh, well, I'll take advantage of this. Of their psychology I, program. High Point is yeah. the furniture capital of the South. I didn't think I was going to be a furniture maker, so... <laughs> But I remember, I remember getting there and, uh, you know, and you're in your little dorm and your quad and the guy that I, uh, was roommates with, he was from, um, he, he lived in Germany for part and stuff. And I think what, God, what's, I think he was from Jersey. And then the other two guys in our suite, one was from Northern Virginia, one was from Jersey. So, you know, I'm the only black, these guys, you know, there's out of four or the out of four, yeah, out of four. And, but we, we got along real well. I mean, and at that point, North Carolina had a eight, a 19 year old drinking age and we drank every day. I took for six weeks, I took four classes Four. I only had, so what, that's only 12 hours. You were supposed to take five, right? Yeah. yeah. I took four classes. I need to start so off you, very early on. Yeah, you right, weren't serious. Right. I was pacing myself. <laughs> right. I, was like, like, I don't know how I don't math know. works out here, but I, I, I think I'm going past four years. <laughs> Right, right, right. Four times. So I took 12 12 hours for class. I had, I remember I had religion and French. French, oh my God. I was like, okay, Um, mid-semester, got an F. Out of four classes I had, I had two C's and two F's. I failed religion. That's, you got to work hard to fail religion. I Religion's not easy. Trust really? me. It's not the Ten Commandments. It's not. I mean, is it like basically understanding the Bible? It seemed a hell of a lot more complex than that. Yeah. I tell you, not that I understood the Bible back in '85, but all I know is like midterm, midterm after first semester, I had a 1.0. I called my mom Halloween night. I said, Mom, I got to come home. <laughs> this isn't working this out. This isn't working out. So, so she, and my mother didn't drive. So she had to uh, ask, ask her nephew, ask my first cousin, to come down and pick me up. And he came down and picked me up. Oh, and by the time, from the time that I called her to the time that she came the following week, I was playing um, uh, a basketball game, pickup game, and I hyperextended my knee. Mm. And anyone that's, ever torn anything or hyperextended their knee. I have never in my life been in so much pain. It's unnatural. My, yeah. it, my knee came, dis, I dislocated it, and then it popped it back. Mm. And I just remember being in so much pain. I was like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing I've ever felt. So I had this great big brace on, you know, um, for the entire week. And then when she came and got me, of course, so I head back home, four-hour drive from – high point back to Ashland and I'm just sitting there like, what am I doing with my life? Right. You know, so those, I got back home in uh, October, November. 
So from November to like June or, or April, November to April, those were like the worst six months of my life because mm. I felt like, man, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I didn't have a plan. I, I, you know, you go out and get jobs, dude. I sold, I sold uh, Kirby vacuum cleaners. That's hard. That's hard. Hard um, door to door, right? Yeah. I, and I remember, I remember this so vividly. We were selling Kirby cleaners and this was, uh, they would pick you up and drive you to the location and they picked, and I, I worked in Richmond, but we were going to sell Kirby vacuum cleaners down in Newport news. And they dropped us off in the hood in one of the housing projects in Newport news, right off of 64. Mm. And it was snowing. It was a cold snowy night. I, I'm like, what am I doing? Door-to-door Newport News. Door-to-door Newport News, knocking on people's door. Now, you can look around. And at that point, Kirby calls, like, I want to say, like, four or $500. I mean, it's the one the one I bought back in the mid-90s was more than that. Yeah, yeah, it might have, yeah, exactly. And Kirby's- Vacuum cleaner? Vacuum cleaner. Oh, great, great vacuum cleaner. Oh, oh, I I bought it 25 years ago, still works like a charm today. Oh, it'll not, that's a kidding. lot for vacuum cleaner. <laughs> yeah. This isn't some like $30 Walmart. No. Thing. This, so, right. You make an investment when you get this. So what were they thinking dropping you in the hood to sell four or $500 vacuum cleaners? Didn't, I, didn't seem to line up. Yeah, I don't think it was a business model set up for success. I mean, and it wasn't just me. It was like three or four of us and mm-hmm. stuff. And then they say like, okay, we'll come back and pick you up in two and a half hours. I mean, you just think about like how crazy and ludicrous that is now. I wouldn't want you know, to do it. I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't think about it, but I remember specifically knocking on one person's door and all the lights were off, but the door was cracked. So I started knocking on the door and it cracked open. And I was like, Hello? And the guy's guy sitting in the dark, and I know it's a guy. Come on in, man, come on in. I was like, uh, uh, no, I was trying to like do a demonstration. No, come on in, come on in. I was like, no. And and after that night, I said, I said, Ma, I can't can't do this anymore. Yeah, because who knows what was on the other side yeah, of the door? Yeah, exactly. And that was just you mm-hmm. know, yeah. So those were those were hard times. So actually, when I applied, uh, when I applied to Norfolk State, and I got acceptance into Norfolk State, one of the happiest days of my life. Oh, I bet one of the happiest. I know, remember I remember seeing you shortly thereafter. Yeah, because I'm like I'm like okay, I get a second chance, and 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 you, you know, and I had done so much partying in Norfolk. You, you know, Norfolk was a, a, a good school and you could party and have fun. And I, I did, but I didn't I didn't see college that at that point as like, hey, I'm here to party. I saw college as like I need to get my education and get the hell, you know, out of here in four years. Like I did four years, no summer school, no nothing. Last semester, I took 21 hours, was working at Freshens Yogurt. Mm. And actually, when I graduated with a degree in political science, the uh, the manager of the store, the owner of the Freshens Yogurt in Greenbrier Mall, he offered me an assistant manager job uh, selling wow. yogurt. And I was like, Mike, I appreciate that, but I can't sell yogurt. <laughs> I, like, I just, I can't, I couldn't have gone through all the crap that I've See, they're, they're these Kirby vacuums. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do that. So, so luckily, luckily, you know, I, I said, no, I'll come back home and find a, find a job. And I ended up finding a job at a bank in Richmond. And, and you know, what's funny to this day, I started the uh, Tuesday after uh, Labor Day. And I remember when the HR rep called me like that Friday, because back then 
you know, they didn't give you two weeks notice. So like, I got a phone call Friday, like, hey, could you start Tuesday? Right. You know, it was like that. That's how it was for but me, yeah. the starting salary at that point was $14,001. And I was like, why the dollar? I was like, <laughs> because that gets us to minimum wage. <laughs> right. So now when you, th- I mean, if, when you do that, you break that down, you'd be like, okay, 2,080 hours, you know. Yeah, you, yeah, you and I know that yeah, math. You're, yeah. you're, you're like, okay, that's $6. That's, that's a, that's Minimum wage six, was probably five bucks back then. Yeah, that's like six seventy five. Per hour, and no, it might have been four twenty-five back then. Yeah, actually. it might have been. It might have like been. That. Yeah, yeah. So I think they were praying, you know, a little bit over that. And how much did like a burger cost? Not much. Yeah, Seventy-five cents. Yeah, it was maybe less than a dollar for yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think a cheeseburger yeah. made cost. I, I just felt the oldest <laughs> I've ever felt in my life when you said a burger. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm just wondering because you, you know it's it sounds like not a lot of money in today's money, but inflation in yeah. the last twenty yeah. years. Yeah, because yeah. a burger oh. now is like six dollars. Yeah, or and then uh, I sound like somebody's grandfather dude, talking I, about how much gas costs. Yeah. <laughs> my my cousin's girlfriend kept my daughter, kept Shalana, and it was twenty five dollars a week for her to you know. So every Friday we had to pay her twenty five dollars, and I was like. Why so much? <laughs> now, now you can't get to somebody to show up without paying twenty five. I was like, wait a minute, we're giving her, we're giving her the diapers, we're giving her the food. All she got to do is just, watch. Just her. don't let the kid, <laughs> kid hurt herself. <laughs> right? Why is it called? Why are we paying you to make sure that? So that's it. It just goes to show, man. Like things were so different, so different. Mm. Have you been watching the uh, Jordan documentary? I did. I watched the last night like a kid. Don't, a kid t- don't tell me. I haven't seen it yet. Is that the you dancing You haven't seen one? any of it? No, I've seen... It's weird. I, I've done it all on, on demand. I have one through six. Okay. Then it skips seven, and then it gives me eight. Why I, I've, I've got some TV problems. Okay, maybe you did. Um, I think it wins an Academy Award. So now, I, maybe that's... It, nothing the, else the, is on the, TV. Is that the... Uh, the, buzz, that? the buzz is insane. Yeah. The, Jordan, last, the last The dance. last dance, yeah. The Chicago oh, Bulls. He, he and I are of an age, like a lot of people that are really enjoying this documentary, yeah. where we remember yeah. Jordan just dominating. And I I knew he was intensely competitive, yeah. but I didn't realize he was always on, on. and had to win and yeah. everything. And he, the, one of my favorite stories from the documentary... I, I, it was the first three championships they won, and yeah. they're 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 flying, and there's a high dollar game in the back, <laughs> and there's a low dollar game in the front, and Jordan f- finishes playing his high dollar game, and he, and he wants to play in the low dollar game. <laughs> like, you just won twenty five thousand dollars. Why do you want? He goes because I want your money in my pocket. pocket. That's what he told the guy. <laughs> he, he he didn't care if it was two dollars or twenty thousand dollars. He wanted somebody else's money in his pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great. I mean, I'm telling you, man. Those ten. Those 10 episodes couldn't come at a better time, obviously. Oh, my gosh. There's genius like, timing. Like, right. And, and you know what? I don't know if you I don't know if you heard, like, because that was 22 years ago when they filmed it, so 98. Yep. Jordan did not give ESPN approval to, to show that until the day that LeBron James, Cleveland had just won the 2016 championship. Okay. LeBron James had an interview, and they interviewed him. He said, I think that championship now makes me the GOAT. Oh! He said that he in said an interview. That? So then Jordan, that same day, oh, authorized ESPN no. to release it. Let, and they let, took two. Let, let, me, let me help you understand what the, what the GOAT really looks like. 
Because he, because well, I, I don't think there's any real argument. No, it's not. I, I love Magic yeah, Johnson. Yeah. I love Larry Bird. Yeah, I love yeah. Doctor J. Yeah. Oh my God, Doctor J yeah. was amazing to watch. Yeah. But there's nobody like Jordan. He yeah. could do everything, yeah. offensive, defensive. He could fly through the air. He was the most coordinated never, person I'd ever seen. He never got tired. I yeah. mean, it was talking about like this he played is, this, all eighty-two right, hard. This is a guy that played forty minutes every night, then would and, stay and up and play cards and drink and and hundred yeah. percent on the court, everything. I'm like, yeah, it, it, it was none. Of, it was none of this uh, take it easy Game the first three quarters yeah. and then and yeah. then explode in the fourth quarter. He yeah. was on all the time. Totally different. Yeah, yeah, and, and oh man, I wonder if he he kind of held off. Which is just because he wanted somebody to come out and claim it like LeBron did, I think so it, he could I, drop it. I'm sure, he, I'm sure he did. And actually, it was supposed to be released during uh, at the NBA Finals, but because you know all the world went to hell in a handbasket on March the 11th and stuff, they 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 moved it up. But like once I heard that, yeah, Jordan gave uh, permission to uh, you know sort of produce it the same day LeBron said that, I was like. <laughs> that's a that's strategic. That's not a coincidence. That's not a coincidence, right? Right, not at all. Were you a Bulls fan back in the day? I was a huge Bulls fan, huge Bulls fan. Yep, because I, I I was a huge Michael Jordan fan from UNC, so I was a Tar Heel fan. Yeah, he um, he broke my heart all UVA. the time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he stole, he stole the ball from Jeff Jones yeah. in Chapel Hill. <laughs> yeah. It was his last year, it was his junior yeah, year there. Yeah, yeah, and we were we were we should have won that game. Yeah, UVA was number one. We should have won that game. Yeah, yeah. And Michael Jordan, the guy who hits a the winning uh, shot as a freshman yeah. against Georgetown national championship yep. game. I'm like, I remember. Uh, he, I needs remember to, the, he needs to go pro. Like, stop playing game. against UVA. Yeah. How yeah. close in age are y'all to Michael Jordan? Well, Jordan would have graduated in '84 from college, and I graduated yeah, so in '91. I think, so I think Jordan just turned 54. No, he's older he's than that. No, he's, he's a lot older than that. He won the national championship, I thought, in 81 as a freshman. So, it means he would have graduated. He was 19. Yeah. And then he played two more years. So, he got into the pros at 21. Right. Okay. And then. Damn. So, that was in 85. Oh, 84 when he joined the NBA. Okay. So, that's 36. And so, he's 50, 57? Yeah. yeah. That okay. sounds right. Okay. So, you were a fan of him before even going to UVA. You just, you were like a Virginia fan? Yeah. He played for the wrong team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, you had to respect his game. His what game year was, did you graduate UVA? Ninety-one. Ninety-one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. To, to be clear, I, I didn't play basketball at UVA. I was just, <laughs> just a fan. <laughs> Are the Bulls um, like the Dallas Cowboys of basketball, or were they? Oh, uh, back in the back then. Well, let's, the, I, I would call them the Steelers or the Niners 90s. or the or the Patriots kind of thing. Yeah. All right, I'm out the, of my depth. Yeah. The, yeah. 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 Yeah, we have, we'll remind our audience that Daniel grew up overseas. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Patriots is probably the, the way to think okay. about the Bulls back yeah. then. They, they won six out of eight years. They would have won eight in a row if Jordan hadn't. He just got fed yeah. up with all the attention, a lot of negative yeah. attention, w- way too uh, deep into his personal life. life. And he's like, I'm stepping away. And yeah. so he went to play baseball. Baseball, yeah. Yep. How do you do at the baseball? He was okay. Yeah, he he wasn't exceptional. Yeah, he he wasn't. I think most. I mean, they started him off in Double A and stuff because they yeah. said that you part know, of the White Sox. The yeah, part of the White Sox. Yeah. I mean, it was it's worth taking a flyer on. Right? Why why wouldn't but you it, take the most famous basketball person, player person. who'd ever lived? Yeah, you know. Yeah. By that but, point, he was as famous as Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem, and all those. Guys. Oh yeah, I mean, but you know, it would be interesting. I was telling my cousins the other day. Like, I don't know if he would have been able to be that way in today's. Social media, 
like social media. I mean, now think about like he would walk. He would have walked away after the second championship. Yeah. Everything that you do is is scrutinized. And there's a lot of negativity. Oh, everything. So is. much negativity. Everything is. Like, oh my God. This podcast is uplifting though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's actually one of my greatest fears and doubts about this podcast is yeah. is that is that scrutiny. People are gonna turn on us. And people putting it under a microscope and, and using it to assassinate our characters. Yeah, which is silly because we're we're coming from good places. Why would they do that? I, I don't they know. They shouldn't. Man. This but we're like based off what? Like when I mean, I think what it's, you guys are doing and stuff, you're just doing this because you want to, like you enjoy hearing people's yeah, stories. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That, yeah, it's exactly right. It's an okay. irrational fear, but like if you hang out on Twitter for like any amount of time, you see that these people like dig stuff up about each other, especially people with any kind of profile. Oh. So if this podcast gets like popular, then people might dig back and say, "So what he's saying is we don't have anything to worry about." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but like they might, they might be like Paul was talking about PCP and like <laughs> salt and pepper and right, you know, it, these guys it, are racist, you da- know. Daniel, I decided a long time ago I could, you know, I've had people like when I get on my little soapbox and stuff because I can, I can, I can go, I can talk big picture, yeah, and let's go, politics, you know, and start and and I remember like a while back, uh, one of my friends said, Craig, you should have run for office. I said, listen, I got way too many damn skeletons in the <laughs> right, closet. Right. Like the, the day that I'd announce, I'd have to like show everything that I've done to be like, listen, you're not good. There, there's no scoop here. I, it's already been uncovered. Yeah. This is what you see, what you get. So if you like me, vote for me. If you don't, you're an ass. Do you want to run for like office? That. No, no, no. I don't, I don't have any. I'd vote for you, Craig. <laughs> I would too. Thank you. <laughs> you don't. You don't know nearly enough about Craig. I don't know. Say that, that I don't know about these skeletons. <laughs> no, 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 no killings. No, nothing. Yeah, I mean, no, he no, hasn't no, committed no, any no. felonies. We <laughs> right. No, no you no. just seem like a pretty well-adjusted dude. Yeah, my name's not in any databases that I'm aware of and stuff. That's no, good. No one's looking for me. No, I just try to be a try to be the best version of myself, man. That's awesome. You know. Like you go through, you go through life. Everybody, like I said, everybody has stuff, man. Everybody. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, how do I, how do I navigate, you know, what it is I'm trying to do and impact my family in a positive way and, you know, be uplifting and encourage people. Are your your daughters going to listen to this, Craig? They will listen to part of it. So Paul, right there, I I was actually getting ready to transition into Winnie the Pooh story. Oh, <laughs> all right, let's do it. So the other, Who doesn't love a good Winnie the Pooh story slash analogy? So, so you talk about like, you know, personality and how I am. I, I tell people all the time, listen, because I, I told you this before we got online. Like I've had three back surgeries in the last 10 years. So I had, I had a, a dystectomy um, in 2012. Um, first back fusion, 2015, and second back fusion, 2018. So Genetic? Yeah, they said degenerative disc. And, you know, the first one of the first doctors I went to, you're tall. I was like, not that damn tall. That can't be your reason that you're going to try to give me that reason. Height is right. my problem. I mean, <laughs> right. <come on. laughs> right. Right. Like six. Your one, diagnosis dude. is height. <laughs> That's what you went to medical school. <laughs> right. So if I got short, I wouldn't be in pain. So anyway, so those back pains, man, I mean, chronic back pain. No joke. I, and never did I think, and I remember, like like Paul said, in the 90s, you know, you'd see people like, oh, they're playing tonight, back spasms. Back spasms? What the hell are you talking about? Like, suck it up. Can't be that bad. 
but having gone through what I've gone through, and I've had back spasms so bad that it would literally just lock you down. I had to have my girlfriend at the time put a muscle relaxer. I was laying on the floor, couldn't move. Put a muscle relaxer in my mouth, waited for it to dissolve like 45 minutes before I could even move. That's how bad your back locks up. So I say all that to say like my personality from Winnie the Pooh to the characters, Tigger and Eeyore. And I always tell people, I'm like, you've got a choice. I prefer to be Tigger because if I was Eeyore mm. with the amount of pain that I'm in, then it's easy to simply just tap out. Yeah, you're done. Like you, you just, yeah. like you, 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 get, you get a real good understanding of people's mental health. And, you know, and you can sort of equate it to some of what we're going through right now, right? This has been like seven weeks of what we're dealing with. And if someone would have told you seven weeks ago or nine weeks ago, okay, that we would be at this point, people would be outraged. Outraged. You would have been like, oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. There's no way in the hell from March 16th to May 18th, 90,000 people would have died. But now that we're at this point, most people be like, that's about all I can do. Can't sacrifice anymore. Now it's time for me to, you know, emotionally, I don't think we've been, been able to even process what we've gone through the last two, three months. I don't really think emotionally people are even at that space. That's just my mm. opinion and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I was telling Paul, like, I just prefer to be Tigger, man. Cause if I wasn't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't function. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the way that I would choose to live the rest of my life. Yeah. So and I, you, I, you can choose your attitude. Yeah. Yeah. So I tell people all the time, like, Hey, I'm Tigger, not Eeyore. Eeyore's woe is me. You know, I'm and it's, okay. there's like a, Robin. there's a comfort, you know, it's, it's comfortable to like, just sit around and feel sorry for yourself. Sure. It's it, easy. it actually feels kind of good. Yeah. And, but except for the fact that you're depressed. It's not, well, and it's not, it's not getting anywhere. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. 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 Nope. You just sit there I bet there. you there are a lot of Eeyores out there right now. Oh God. Yeah. 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 So, and I, I guess I should say like no fault to, I don't know. I think some people are like, uh, I think depression has an element of being, you know, a choice and an element of being like a, a, predisp a predisposed like condition yeah, that people have. Yeah, there's some some genetics. And yeah, stuff there's like, clearly. Yeah, 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 passed down through. The but never underestimate the attitude. Yeah, no question. Yeah, we're not victims, right? We we have control of a lot more than we think we have control of. Yeah, you do. And and one of them's attitude. Yep, for sure. So yeah. why you pick Winnie the Pooh as your uh, allegory? Uh. Just because I just, and not that I watched a lot of Winnie the Pooh, but I just saw the the, the, the different um, sort of version of those two characters. And I remember Tigger always jumping around being, oh, Christopher Robin and stuff. And, yeah. and you know, and Eeyore being, whoa. You know, and I was like, no, nah, that's just, that, that's one of the first things that came to mind. And that's just sort of like the way that I've always tried to be. You yeah. Know? I tried, I, I tried, I, I, I can't deal with the negative parts of everything all the time mm -hmm. yeah yeah i love the uh the way that they make like such character caricatures of different yeah. types of people like that uh i think the one that i always resonated with the most was piglet actually yeah yeah and piglet was just 
just always anxious, you know, like, <laughs> oh no, is everything okay? Oh no, is this or that? And like, Eeyore had this like strangely just calming effect on Piglet. He's like, it's fine, dude. Everything sucks. So he would just calm him down. <laughs> or maybe Pooh, I think they both had that. Pooh, Winnie the Pooh and, and yeah. Eeyore had this sense yeah, I don't, of calm. I don't like Winnie the Pooh goes by just Pooh. <laughs> you, Does he doesn't? He? I don't think so. I think he's always winning the Craig, you're our resident expert. I don't I don't know, Daniel, if I've ever seen him just been called Pooh. Pooh Bear. Pooh Bear, yes. Pooh Bear? Pooh Bear, I'll give you Pooh Bear. Pooh Bear. Not not just just Pooh. Pooh. I was just trying to be cool, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's not shorten Winnie the Pooh to just Pooh. I mean, I think he's too important to a lot of uh, people's childhoods. You guys are funny. All right, so two things real quickly. Are, Are you still a Bulls fan? There's no way you are. They're all not. Fans. I mean, not not nowhere near. Because you were um, more of a Jordan fan. Yeah, I was. I was. But yeah. I, I stayed with them even when Jordan retired. Once they got rid of Pippen too, and all of that coincided. Because yeah. I, 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 you know, I think I think Scottie Pippen is the second, the, the 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 best number two player in the history of basketball. There's no question. I mean, if you just sit there and say like, okay, here's a pair, who's better than than him? There, like, I, there's I, nobody I, even close. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I agree. Uh, here's the other thing. Uh, you and I grew up with JC. Yeah. JC was pretty anxious that we were going to tell crazy stories about him. <laughs> I, I don't want you to tell a crazy story, but I do want you to tell us a, a fun JC story that he might be like, ah, oh, that's okay. Uh, one that stands out. Um, and I can't believe, I, I don't know. And we won't say JC's last name. Cause yeah, uh, I, I, think I have no we, idea. What we Chris was, gonna we say was right over, now. we was over his house. And it must have been after school and Scooter and Coco. So y'all was are in there. high school. Yeah, I think we were. I think we were a little bit. I think we were all in college or something. I think we were older. I don't think I was married yet, and I got married in '91. So I think it was any time between. I think I was in college, and something came up, and I think Scooter had just said something to JC like, "Hey, JC, your mom's gonna." know that or find out and stuff and jc looks calmly at us stuff like Edie doesn't know a damn thing and i was like what are you gonna, i was like why are you saying that why are you saying about your mother but it was just funny the way that he said it and his mom man she, she she's she's great I, you know what man when you grow up with people and stuff and and they always always say Booney, come in and sit down. You want something to eat? You want something to drink? You know, and people just treated you so kindly. There are a lot I of mean, good people we grew man, up with. Yeah. I mean, his mom and dad, man, and Coe's mom and dad. And like, it was just, yeah, but JC, like JC was always, like you, you always, always wanted to be with him if I was out acting crazy because he was the voice of reason. Like he rarely. Yeah. You know, got off the rails. Yeah, he's pretty strong. Like you yeah. need those people, right? Because you'd be like, okay, we can't just have a whole bunch of crazy people. Yeah, like, if, you, it, if you had four cranks <laughs> in close proximity, <laughs> right? Then I would have a file of shit. <laughs> 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 yeah, JC's probably that's probably the story. He's yeah. kept you out of trouble. Yeah, yeah. He, he has. I mean, and Scooter was that way. Scooter was the more uh, of us too. He he was more reserved. He, he's you know he was a voice of reason. As long as you kept him, sort you, you know, like too much exposure and stuff, and he could lose it. But uh, I'm like, okay, as long as it was okay, you'd be like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll make sure you get home and protect you. I mean, there's been many a nights that they've gotten me home. Scoot, Scooter and JC in particular. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
I mean, a Coco didn't have a damn thing to worry about because shit, he he, he wasn't driving and stuff, and, you know. So yeah, yeah. But no, JC was he, he was he was he was calm. I hope they listen to this and and then realize there's nothing to worry about. I think it'd be fun to have him on. JC's uh, listening. He's gonna listen to this. There's no question. I think he's excited to listen to it. There's no chance in hell Cole listens to it. Uh, I don't know. You think so? He might. I'd be surprised. Scooter's going to listen to it. He's one of the two or three cousins you said would listen to it. Well, once it's all sliced and diced, how long is it? How long is it? I mean, I, I don't know how long we've been going. We're at an hour. Know. What time? Hour is it? twenty. Hour twenty right all now. Right. Okay. All right. So, so it, it honestly depends on like how much I cut out. Okay. If it's all good, I just leave it all in. Oh, well, but, okay. Well, so he's, he's going to cut about half of what we said. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we got about we got about ten minutes of workable material right now. Right, we've been we've been talking an hour and a half. Like, other than your name, is there anything else? <laughs> we, we we got maybe fifteen minutes. All right, so go ahead and ask our uh, standard question. What's your standard? Oh question? yeah, you haven't listened to any episodes yet. I, I did. I listened to the first one with the national with your, with Mike. your army guy. With Mike, but I, yeah. I think with I listened Mike. to like forty minutes of it. Okay. I mean, I didn't listen to the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, I yeah. Listened, You know. So, so you may have heard this or not, but uh, he may not have. The the basic question is: uh, Would you rather try to be a stand up comedian or or go into the military when you were twenty five and you not married, no kids, no responsibilities other than yourself? Oh, I'd rather be a stand up <laughs> comedian. I can see that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm not a military guy. Like I have, I have great respect, you know, for for the guys. But I, I, I do think, you know, what so much just knowing some of the history of this country, it seems like you know we we're a little bit um, hypocrisy comes into play because, like, you know, it wasn't always like salute first responders, and you know, I don't think we prioritize like what's important. Like, I, I think, like, our, our value system, just my opinion, you know, take mm. it for what it's worth, what we value as a country or whatever, or sometimes as a, as a, as a world, you know, isn't, isn't the most important thing, you know. And you have people that sacrificed their lives long before the first Afghan war, because that's when I really feel like, like 1990, like, right. like you know, that was when the first time that the military aspect of anything from my perspective and and there wasn't anything happening in the 70s or or, or in the 80s not that, that we remember right, right. V- vietnam technically yeah in 75, and, and you yeah. had falcon islands or something and yeah and british and you yeah. know Pan, we jumped to the panel on 89 yeah. yeah but i you know i just remember i remember uh you know just hearing bad stories about you know the way certain people are treated in the military because of race or rank or whatever and stuff. And I'd be like, why are you being treated like that? They're fighting for the country. But, you know, but now we've, you know, done a complete 180 and stuff. And, you know, the military is the greatest thing in the world. And the answer's somewhere in between. I'm like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You know, I think we, I think like we're not able to be, you know, if you're, if you're critical of any component of, the military or the government in general, you're sometimes perceived as anti-American. You're like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, how am I yeah. anti-American? Like, there is no absolute. I mean, just because you start talking about something like there are opportunities in everything, of course. But but you know, and you're I, not being honest. No, but I think but I think we have such a large segment of society. The moment that you start criticizing, you're ungrateful. 
And if you're ungrateful, then, you know, then you shouldn't be here. You know, like mm. that's, that's and, and that's a really bad turn for our society. Sure it is. But that's the spin is it, it like you have literally created, you know, sort of the haves and the have nots. I sure. mean, you, you've yeah, just yeah. basically like, hey, either you're either you're with us or against us. And if you don't like it, leave that yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. Like, or if you, you don't know. like it, we're going to force you to leave. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's just that's just crazy. I mean, it's just crazy. So let's talk about why you want to, why you take the uh, comedic route. Uh huh. Well, I mean, one, I, I'm not physically. I, I couldn't. I couldn't do anything military that you guys did. I've never shot a gun. I've never. I, I've, I've held a gun. I've shot all of them. I know you yeah. have. I and I and I haven't. So I, I've never. I've never done that. And that would be, you know, not that there's more to military, but um, physically, I, I don't think I could ever you know hold up through banks basic training and all of that would stuff. you like people telling you what to do all the time i don't think i would have a problem with that it's not a cult i mean it wouldn't i don't think i mean you know one of the like um good gracious full metal jacket the first 45 minutes of oh. that movie oh my god why private Powell? why aren't you beating the hell out of private Powell? why is Powell in my head <laughs> What's the matter? No, I'm not sticking. It's the, it's the best 45 <laughs> minutes is, of any movie. It is. It is. Ever. The first yeah. 45 minutes of Full Metal Jacket. Oh, my God. And yeah. you know the drill instructor was meant to be like the technical yeah. advisor. Yeah. 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 Ar- he, Ar- Arlie Ermey. No longer. Really? Was. Yeah. He just recently yeah. passed away. Yeah. Yeah. About a I think ago. like a year ago. Yeah. 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 All right. How old are your daughters now? 28 and 23. All right. But no, no grandbabies. Yes. I have a grandbaby. She, you, she's you're my, a grandfather? Yeah. I would have been giving you grief about that a long time Ava ago. Ava Sky holiday. She will be one years old next Tuesday. Nice. So, yeah. Congrats, yeah. Grandpa. Yeah. 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 Man. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Love her to death. So you have two daughters and one granddaughter. Two daughters and one granddaughter. Are, are there any boys in your future? No. I, I'm, Shalena might have a, another child and stuff, and I don't think she's, you know, rushing to get it. Aaliyah, um, you know, she, she's like, Dad, you might not – have any other grandkids if it, if Shalena didn't have another one. I, I mean, that's fine. I don't, you know, I'm not one of these people that, you know, go out and multiply. Just have a whole bunch of kids and right. stuff like, I mean, because that's tough. Because when you think about like, you know, like now, like dude, there's, I mean, kids are expensive as hell. <laughs> they are. You start I mean, and even if you try to, you know, you can sit there and be like, oh, well, I'll start a 529 for them or whatever and daycare and i mean it's just it's just a lot you gotta feed them you gotta clothe right. them. i mean i feel like you know some 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 adults should be like bar barker get your pets spayed or neutered <laughs> <laughs> he said that at the end of all the prices rights oh yeah because daniel's like bar barker remember <laughs> that's old school right there you ever if, see happy gilmore I've seen the prices right. Uh, okay, you, you remember, remember the old? Bo- you remember the old? The old announcer? I don't remember. I I watched a documentary about this guy that actually. Yeah, Bob Barker. No, no, no. It, it was the guy <laughs> that actually like knew the prices for everything. He had memorized everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it God. was it was unbelievable. Okay, but I maybe I did see Bob Barker. Okay. Yeah, at he, the end, Bob, he was in that documentary. He, he, he was like was. the uh, the guy, the white guy that the, was like giving the the, the, MC. the yeah, announcer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of every show, after the showcase was over, he said, "Like to control the pet population, get your pet spayed or neutered." Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So you're thinking that for? Uh, yeah, I mean, there are I mean, a lot of people on the planet. <laughs> yeah, there's. I mean, there's just some people like listen. Not every, dude. I mean, you know how some people raise 
five, six, seven kids. I don't know how you do it. I mean, that's tough. tough yeah, deal. super hard. But yeah. All right, so if, you were, if your granddaughter was going to listen to this 18 years from now, okay, what advice are you giving her? What's, what's the best pearl of wisdom you got? The best pearl of wisdom that I would give my granddaughter is uh, stay positive, be a leader, not a follower. I always tell my girls even about peer pressure. I mean, I'm 53 years old and I still suffer from peer pressure sure. when yeah. I'm around my family and stuff and be like having a good time. I drink, you know, on to the next one and stuff. And I was like, oh my God. So I, you know, I always try to tell them like, say, uh, you know, do as I say, not as I do. But I would tell her like, be a good person, do your best and, you know, and enjoy your life. I mean, you, you know, this is the only one you get. You know, no one, have, have, have you guys met anyone that said, hey, this is my second life? Not knowingly. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people that believe that, <laughs> right. but they don't remember right. the other ones. <laughs> right. They have a strong right. belief in something they don't right. recall. So, yeah. I mean, you know, just, just sit there and say like, hey, nothing's, nothing's guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed. Just, yeah. be, you know, just, just be, a, be, a good, be a good person. Love, your, love yourself. Love your family. Work on those percentages. Yeah, yeah. There it, it is. That's the title. There you go. Work, Work on, on those percentages. percentages. Man, there's another that one. Oh, I was gonna do the Winnie the Pooh thing, but I feel like that's. <laughs> you, just, you just want to name his uh, episode Pooh? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. I, I, never mind. No. <laughs> I don't even want to go there. Daniel, come on, man. We can go anywhere. We, we we got a couple here. All right, so <laughs> we're wide open, Greg. We're gonna we're gonna bring this to a close. We try to do about an hour and a half, and it gets cut down to about an hour ish. That's yeah. plus or minus whatever. Absolutely. Um, but this is the most Daniel has laughed in an episode. For sure, yeah. Yeah, it's the hardest he's laughed in an episode. Okay. When he laughs a lot and 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 like with you can just tell there's pure joy there. Okay. It makes me extremely happy, uh, and so you've made both of us very happy. Uh, with the fun uh, episode here. So we really appreciate you coming on. Man. No, yeah, this, man. This is, this has been great. I didn't know what to expect and stuff, but, uh, and I could, I could talk to you guys all night, whether it's on radio or not and stuff. Like no, that. I love it. I love that you just, even like the first exchange we had, you came out with like, I got laid off. <laughs> I got back surgeries. You're like, it's all on the table. Dude, I'm an open book, man. What, what, yeah. I mean, what, seriously, I don't, there's, there's no hidden agenda here. I'd be like, I'm sorry, Daniel. That hadn't been cleared by my, my, my attorney. My but, agent, yeah. That, that shit's off limits. We're yeah. not talking about that. Like, shit, I can tell you. Like, I, I, I got, okay. I got. Yeah, I'm an open book, man. Cool. You yeah. ask me a question, I'll give you give you yeah, my he, give he, me my here's answer. Here's the answer. Yeah. 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 I'll do the best. That was I can. awesome. Cool. All right, you you're gonna stop recording. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll shut her off. After the death of George Floyd and the American people's unprecedented response, we asked Craig to come back on for a follow up. He showed up with a bullet-pointed list of experiences and thoughts relating to race in America. And here's the conversation that followed. Listen, I'm not here. This is just Craig's opinion. 
as a as a black person with yeah. all of this that's going on. I, I'm not the sole. That's exactly what we want. Um, <laughs> yeah. Are you recording already? You're not speaking for all. Are you recording? No, no, yeah. no, no. I, <laughs> he, he's been recording. Just okay. No, no, I, I, I hope. Care. I hope no one, no one ever says like, "Oh yeah, correct." I'm not representing anybody. I'm representing my views may be totally different than someone else that you asked down here. But I, as I told Paul, like your conversation with Chris. Um, you know, that I listened to, you know, devoting an hour and 45 minutes this past week. Mm, I yeah. was, I was, I was just like, wow, this is a hundred percent spot on. Yeah. And I think that we focus on the individual yeah. more than anything with, yeah. with this podcast. Yeah. So. This is about you, Greg. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and JC thinks that's crazy, but it's, it's <laughs> about you. <laughs> so, uh, why don't you, let's just start with 1968 versus 2020. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Okay, so probably uh, even before the new year. So uh, uh, just as part of my DNA, I'm, I'm you know graduate in, with a degree in political science and wanted to be a lawyer and all of that. But you know, I just thought about like, wow, where we were as a country before the ball dropped. I was like, wow, this is this has the potential of being such a polarizing and just unbelievable year from a political perspective and societal issues. And everybody talked about where 1968 was w- really the, 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 the Mount Olympus of society, of America's issues from a racial perspective, from an equality perspective. And I felt like 2020 had all of the right ingredients to sort of cause that same type of issues before 2020 started before 2020 even started and Mm. not that i listen i i'm no i'm no predictor and be like oh my god craig forecasted the only thing that i thought was different i was like well i hope and pray that there's no assassination because 1968 was synonymous with assassination of king and kennedy and 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 all of the other political unrest but i thought all of the other ingredients were there and then the pandemic hit. And then when you sort of just take all of all of it and, and how it disproportionately affects the black community and blacks are three times higher to pass away from the virus than whites. And it shows a lot of the inequalities in the health system. And, and I mean, and there's so many things that contribute to that. There's so many mm. variables, you know, that go into like, well, why is that? Because y- you have a system that is that is not set up from an equality standpoint. <clears throat> you know, and one of the things that I, I I tell my kids and anybody that listens to me, and sometimes my kids are forced to listen to me because I just <laughs> go off on tangents. I said, I said, you know what, if you if you took birth as the beginning of a race and you had a black kid born here and you had a white kid born there, and you said, okay, uh, we're going to give you the same access to everything. You're going to have the same access to education, to health, to all of all of the resources necessary to provide you to be successful in life. Then I think you would probably get a very high portion of black people be like, I'd sign up for that from day one. Then you know what? Maybe maybe we don't need all of these programs in place to to sort of like right the playing field. But that's not the way it is. You know, unfortunately, we have an educational system that's based on uh, property tax and where you live as a community. So when you talk about historical, 
you know, if you come from a family that's well to do and you live in a well to do area, you're going to go to a school that's well to do. One of the things that stands out for me, I was, uh, I think it was 2013 and my daughter was, uh, was a junior in the new Cosby High School. Oh, excuse me, Clover Hill High School. And I went to her high school one night and I said, Aaliyah, how much does this, how, do you know what this school costs? She said, $66 million. Mm. And I remember a couple of years earlier when I was at the big bank in Richmond, Paul, right. that we don't talk about. Right. We, we, went, we went down and did community um, <clears throat> help in the school. And we were taking damn near asbestos out of, the, out of the roof so that kids could simply just go to that school. And right there, you start seeing the, the, the foundational differences and the legwork in terms of like, wow, think about, think about how this kid that goes to that $66 million school has a tremendous head start over the kid that has to fight off asbestos to mm -hmm. simply try to get a quality education. So when you talk about, when you see it from that perspective, and you have to realize that that's generations that's not just, you can't just, you, you know, you just don't get one black family to just move out of a, of, 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 of a poor neighborhood into a, a, a okay neighborhood and all of a sudden they've made it because they realize that guess what? There's 20 other families that they know that don't have those same opportunities. So mm -hmm. that's, that's one of the things that I think about when I, when I look at like, how is, how is all of this playing together? So when you see 1968 to sort of bring it back to perspective, you, you talk about all of those differences and, and all of the, the, the racial tension and frustration and you know all of this that's happening, this isn't, this isn't new to black people. Like mm -hmm. I think you know, what happened with George Floyd was an eye-opener for white people to see that. Because I will tell you, I saw the exact same thing other than the final breaths of Freddie Gray in Baltimore. I was in Baltimore uh, doing the riots there in 2015. I just started with PayPal and Baltimore was burning down because the police had actually almost killed the man and then threw him into the van unshackled. And then they said they took him on a rough ride. Well, that rough ride subsequently gave him a broken neck and he died. And that's why people just, the frustration of just like not treating people with dignity. And, and listen, we all fall short. We all have made mistakes and different things have happened in our life. But at the end of the day, like where's the human dignity in just treating someone, whether they've committed a crime or not, but once you have that person in custody, there's no reason for a police to just casually have your knee on somebody's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Mm. Unbelievable. So when you see all of those things, you think about 68 and 2020, and you know, I didn't even talk about bringing Trump into the equation and stuff and, and what that means, because people think like, oh, the last three and a half years have been sort of like off the chain. Well, guess what? If he gets reelected, then it's no holes barred. Like you can, you can say all you want about like, well, he'll be 
much more constrained. Like, for what? At that point, he's a lame duck president, although he thinks he can, he's an emperor, and, you know, and he'll just get reelected another mm. four years after that. What happened after 1968? Oh. Well, Craig was two. I was two. I was, right. I was 11 days old at the end of 68. So. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, from my perspective, I, I was just asking my mother the other day. I was like, I mean, because my, and that's the thing that, that hits me, Daniel, is the fact that, you know, when you talk about 68, that was 52 years ago. So we're not talking about like 150 years ago and you can't go and it's, talk. It's, to it's our lifetime. It's very relevant. Yeah. It's, it's the fact that your parents and grandparents, you know, if they're still around, remember, you know, how people were treated and, and, and all of that. And yeah. And, you know, things have have improved. I think most people will say that they've improved, but only I, don't, I wouldn't say only because, but I mean, as a society, you have to, you have to evolve and get better. But how far have we really come since '68? Uh, you, you can. That's a. That's a. It depends on how you're looking at it. Mm. I mean, because I think some people look like '60. Oh, we have none of that now. There's no. There's no segregation. You know, blacks and whites can go to school together and do all of these different things and there's no signs to say colored or whites here but you know behind the closed doors there's still conversations observations different things and like I said a lot of it is is systematic there's just things in place that you know life's not fair mm. it's not so what's the end I mean it's kind of uh, a depressing outlook <laughs> that you know 52 years that there's like really strong echoes to to today mm -hmm. from 52 years ago uh what's your uh well i think one of the things craig is saying here and i don't want to put words in no, your mouth, Craig. No, go ahead. is we have to admit there's a problem <laughs> yeah you, you, right you, that's step one in yeah. getting to a better place you have to admit there's a problem yep. and if we can't come to grips and freely admit what the issues are then we're not going to get to a better place exactly yeah I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, denial. I mean, in one of the topics I listen, I'll just jump to it. Like I've got down there, Obama solved racism. I think there's a, a concept or thought that amongst white people, like, hey, there can't be systematic racism or whatever because we've elected a black president. Yep, it's all done, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's it's all it. done. <laughs> that's it. Like, yeah. That, hey, I, I will tell you, there there are more than a couple of white people that believe it. That, that believe it, and, and and so therefore, when you talk about, you, you know, you you hear black people talk about there's 400 years plus of oppression, and white people will immediately go to, yeah, but we've had a black president, so those two things. So everything's good. Yeah, yeah right. everything's fine. And, mm. and, and that's that's simply. Not the case. It's simply not the case. Well, into the the notion of systemic problems in this country, just because you elect a president who, by the way, we have to remind everybody, does not have that much power. Right. It, it is. I won't say mostly a symbolic power. role, but it is partially a symbolic role. Yeah. And that sim symbolism can be powerful. Yeah. But yeah, just because he happens to ha be a black guy no. doesn't solve. Lots of right. ingrained practices Absolutely. within the system. And mm. especially when you have a leader like Mitch McConnell that said his number one objective, Obama, I think, was in a role for like maybe a year. His number one objective was to make Obama a one-term president. 
And let's remember, which is not which is not productive. Right. Like you're right. not you're not making the country. You're better. already stonewalling so much. I mean, and you think about like everything that Obama accomplished, pretty much from a legislative standpoint, was the first two years. That's the reason that he that he pushed so hard for Obamacare, right? Because he saw the political tea leaves. Because think about it: in mm. 2010, the Tea Party came in and stuff was like. No, you, you know, like, no, that's that's not how we're going to do things. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, from that standpoint, it, it God bless that he that he was that aggressive in enforcing because they had control of, of Congress. Mm. Had they not had control of Congress, he may have very well been a one term president simply because nothing would have gotten done. Mm. And then. You, then I could absolutely see a large portion of white people just saying, well, we elected a black president and he didn't get anything done. They didn't care about the reason he didn't get anything done. Yeah. But it was simply because, you know, he didn't get anything done. Mm. Interesting. 68. Yeah. You were two. You don't remember. I was two. I don't remember. You don't remember. But no. your your mom certainly does. Yeah. And your, your yeah. aunt. When, yeah. when was like Nixon and Reagan and all that stuff? Nixon. <laughs> Nixon was 70, 70. Nixon Nixon was elected president in 68. Because oh, okay. Lyndon B. Johnson decided not to run. Not to not to run uh, after he had uh, been uh, elected in 64. Because Kennedy got shot in 63. So he finished yep. Kennedy term. And then he did 64 to 68. He te- yeah, he did about five. And he, te- he did five. He technically could have done he a total of nine if he, yeah. If he yeah, he could've. won the, the he election. Because he could have done two terms. Yes. But yeah, so Nixon came in in 68 and stuff. and A Southern know. Democrat Johnson turning over to a Californian Republican yeah. in 68. Okay. Yeah. I'm wondering if, like, since we're drawing this parallel, like, I mean, if we play it forward, mm-hmm. what do you see... Uh, not only like in terms of you know what's going to happen in November, but what's the end? What's the end state like in terms of so you know Obama being president? Um, people are using that to say that racism is over, but right. what what is going to be the criteria to meet to say like we've done it, or is that just not really? No. That, that's that, that, it's an impossible it, question. It, it, it is an impossible question. I mean, one of the things that I, I I've always said like all of this, this is a marathon, it's not a sprint. And one of my concerns is that right now there is so much energy and passion. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, you know, I've done a couple of uh, uh, protests and, and stuff in, in small little Ashland, which was, which was great. Yeah. And, and probably 75% of the people out there were white people. That's awesome. But here's the thing. White people need to understand, like, listen, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So, you know what? The same passion and energy you have on May 26th when, when, when you saw the video of Floyd, have that same passion on this election day. Have that same passion on next year's election day. Like, it's going to take, because you're talking about, I, I, I don't think there can be legislative things uh, done because when you think about 68 you were in the middle of you were in a civil rights area there won't be any legislation federal legislation coming from Congress that will all of a sudden say hey we've we've rectified um, racism like racism's a, a mindset it's something that's taught like mm. you, you know as children man no one's taught to hate 
Yeah, you're no, not. You're not right. You're, you're not, not born bawling. hating. You're not yeah. born up. But you know what? But if you're if you're not exposed to other other groups and you're isolated and you're basically in your parents or your your surroundings, you know, people just just talk about race or talk about things in a negative way. Mm. We're all products of our environments. So if that's what you're exposed to, then all you're doing is just seeding future uh, generations to act and believe that way. So I don't, I, I, I mean, I'm hopeful, uh, but I, I'm not one of these people to sit there and be like, oh, that's the day that you know right. what, there was no longer yeah. any racism in America. That's yeah. not going to happen. And I hope, I really don't think that logical white people think that way. That there will be a point. Where, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's sort of part of the human condition. Right. Um, were, were we looking for a prediction? Like December 15th? <laughs> no, no, it's just thousand something. I, I think uh, like in 07, I heard that um, a lot of uh, like black people were, were just saying like, there's no way. There's no way that we're going to elect a black president. Mm -hmm. And then a black president got elected. Um, but you know, it doesn't solve, like, like we've said, it doesn't solve ingrained issues. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I think we have to admit a, there's a problem and define the problem. But like my next question is always like, how do we solve the problem? Like, is it solvable or is it part of humanity that we will always have to live with? I think it's part of humanity. We'll always have to live with, but I think it's, it's a situation where, you know what, when you see it, you've got to call it out. And here's the thing, one of the other topics, like I, I truly do believe, and I heard somebody say this, um, this is a white person, people problem. Like it, it's, it's like black people always knew that racism existed and, and police and different things looked at, looked at blacks or, or uh, minorities a different way. So I think the, 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 the curtain has been pulled back and all of a sudden, like all of a sudden white people's like, oh my God, I can't believe that this is happening. But we already knew it. Yeah. And so my, my hope is that all of a sudden, like white people be like, hey, what you said and what you did, that's not right. And you know what? They're talking to another white person when they, see, when they say that. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, it's not on me to go out and, and educate or talk to white people. I'm open. If anybody, you'll hell, absolutely I've known, do it. Yeah. All right, I've known Paul for forty years. Gilman can ask me any question. I will always give my opinion, and I will always give my experience yeah. and stuff. But I, I think that it's like it's it's going to be on white people to sit there and be like, you know what, what you what you what you're doing right now isn't right. And and certainly when you think about the cops, like one of the arguments, well, it's just a few bad apples. Well, my response to that. Well, why is it the bad apples are always together? If mm. you just look at percentages, like right. what, those four bad apples <laughs> happen to be there in Minneapolis that day. Right. Like how 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 unusual is that to happen? Like you would mm. think like one of them would be like, hey, I may be your junior, you may be my superior, but I'm not going to let you sit here on somebody's neck for eight minutes. Well, one of the, the systemic issues is. They protect each other. Sure. Regardless of what's going on. He was yeah. clearly... Right. I mean, with more than two minutes to go, they knew he didn't have a pulse. Right. Yeah. That means death or <clears throat> damn near it. Yep. And they at least three of them knew that. Yep. Mm. 
and they did nothing. Yeah. That's a systemic problem. Yeah. That's not a bad apple thing. That's not a systemic problem. It is. Questioning the officer in charge. I mean, there was that one guy there, Lane, who was, it was his fourth day on the job or something. Mm -hmm. Did you guys hear about that? Yeah. And he questioned the the officer twice and, and the, you know, Derek Chauvin just shot him down both times. And the next step there would be like force, basically knocking Derek off, off of uh, George Floyd. And which you you never see. No, no. You don't see police officers doing that to their own. No. And I think that much like you have you guys heard the pilot analogy? I think Boeing or some airline started uh, after a lot of planes crash because of ice buildup on the wings Mm -hmm. because of subordinates refusing to go against whoever was in charge. Airlines built into their training like you need both people to have consent mm-hmm. and they encouraged dissent and they encouraged uh, the, the assistant in many cases to veto <laughs> the, uh, the pilot that was in charge. And so like having a culture like that mm-hmm. uh, baked into the police, I think, yeah, it's one of the systemic issues that needs to get fixed. Yeah. Yeah. One of the points uh, Lauren Young was making in our last podcast was, look, it's, it's a lot, right? When you try to wrap your head around the entire problem set mm-hmm. it, it's overwhelming so pick something yeah pick something and make a difference as best you can and so i i personally have interest in uh policing and, and making policing better because they're clearly not trained yeah uh as well as they could be there are exceptions to that comment uh, i think generally speaking police officers want to do a great job i think when I do. you took a picture with your uh Great nephew. Great nephew. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there are a lot of good people in the police force. Yeah. Uh, and so when we say systemic, it's not necessarily about the people. It's about the system. Yeah. And the system's got yeah. to be changed and, and be better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely agree. Yeah. All righty. Can I pick another topic? Yeah. Your, yeah. Your ledger. For our listeners, we have uh, a white, a tiny whiteboard um, <laughs> where Craig has written some topics down that... Basically, it popped in your brain the last 30 days. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Things that I didn't want to forget, suffering from the early stages of uh, <laughs> dementia. Yeah, yeah. I would say early dementia, but, but when you're in your 50s, you do forget stuff. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's go with uh, American flag. Why'd you yeah. write that down? So, so one of the things, and I think I mentioned this, Paul, the last time I was over here. You know, when you talk about the American flag, it's almost as if the flag should mean the same things to every person, no matter what. And listen, I'm not military, but I've had my, my father fought in the, in the Korean War and stuff, and my uncle did and stuff. So, and my brother and uh, was in military service. So I, I understand and respect their service and their duty, but it's almost as if like, if you question anything that you don't like about America, then the first thing is, it's like, you need to leave. And this... It's crazy. That's not how this country was born. The other day, and and Dan, you probably don't know this guy, Herschel Walker, okay, one of probably the great... One of the greatest college running backs and probably the... Top five five athlete to ever put on a sports uniform, not just just football. Just a a man-child. I mean, great... Great college, great. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys of the 90s achieved greatness because of Herschel Walker. So the other day I was looking at, at Twitter or whatever, and Herschel Walker said that he would buy airline tickets for people that didn't want to live here and respect the flag. And that's what he tweeted. And I'm like, I'd be John Brown. I said, damn. 
So because someone has has basically said like, hey, I, I don't have any desire to live anywhere else. This is the greatest country in the world. But just because it's the best doesn't mean that we don't have issues. Mm. And and somehow because if you question those issues and and you you dare mention that, hey, the flag doesn't have the same you, you, you know, everybody waves the flag like, hey, everything, America is so pure and we're just, we're above all the, all the petty shit that, that exists in, in the world. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. And one of the things that, one of the other topics I've got there is the 1960s police. Listen, there's a, there's a movie called Mississippi Burning. And it's based on a true story. It's a really good movie. It's a killing of three civil rights workers that were killed in Mississippi. And one of the scenes, there's a whole bunch of young black kids. They're waving flags and stuff as, as civil rights um, marchers were protesting, marching down the streets in Mississippi. The police came and snatched the damn flags out from the kids. American flags? American flags. And these were, these. Were, I mean, obviously this is a movie, but it's based on a true story. And I'm like, okay, so the police... You, you had you had young black kids that wanted to participate and show their allegiance to the flag, and right there in that movie, I was like, "That's ridiculous!" Mm. Like the, the, that's ridiculous. It's like saying you you can't be part of you can't be part of this. You don't yeah. count. But yeah. then but then when they turn around and kneel to right. to the pledge or to the to the national anthem, then yeah. they say. Right. How You're disrespecting you? the flag, but mm. it wasn't, it's not about the flag. And I think, you know, because people were tone deaf and they never wanted to, to, to hear exactly what Kaepernick was talking about. And now he looks like, like he was right. Like everything in America, yeah. we do a complete 180. You know, hell, now you've got everybody saying they want to kneel. So now you're like, well, okay, well, wh wh why now play the national anthem then if everybody's just going to be kneeling the whole time and stuff? So mm. it, it's, but that's what we do in this country. It's, it's like we, it's like, oh, that's wrong. And, and like, oh, we need to change that immediately and change mm -hmm. that immediately. You know, you've got Trump saying like, oh, now maybe, you know, Kaepernick, he was, I may be open to, to you know, if he, can, if he can prove that he can play again in the NFL, he may be, I may be on board to support mm -hmm. that. He was a starting quarterback Quarter in the Super Bowl. Right, he was one play away from winning, winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you have these... It's it's so much, so much BS. Oh my God! So patriotism, in in terms of thinking of America as a blameless, uh, most perfect country mm -hmm. that doesn't deserve to be criticized, that's a little bit unrealistic, or really unrealistic. What is the place of patriotism uh, in our society, given everything? Place of that 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 is a very deep question. <laughs> <laughs> like where, I guess let's just ask you directly. Right. Like, what what does patriotism mean to you? You know, pride in your country. Um, obviously, it's a conflicted thing. I, I mean, I, I I see. I mean, this probably isn't going to answer your question, Daniel. I, I mean, I just I just think like, listen, once you know right from wrong, do the right thing. Like, treat people treat everything with respect and 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 don't like I, I i used to tell people all the time when i would talk to new hires and stuff and i was like listen don't be an asshole 
And we know what being an asshole looks like, right? People that you work with, people that, that, that may be part of your group or extended group, you know people, you're like, that person's a good person. Mm-hmm. Or that person's an asshole. And, and we all know it. And, and sometimes I just think like, for whatever reason, we don't, we don't call it out. And, and, and maybe that doesn't answer your question, but I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, patriotism, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, sitting there and think like, hey, everything's gonna be, you know, perfect in this world. But I think like the people that are bad people, like we, we need to, we, we need to just grab them by the, you know, shirt and stuff like that. And it sounds your, like it, get it, your act together. You know, it's gotta be, it's gotta be uh, an initiative taken by everybody. Everybody, everybody owns it. Right. I mean, it's not seriously. When people talk about everything that's going on right now, if, if everybody isn't part of this equation, then it doesn't get, doesn't get solved. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can sort of like, like, use the analogy of wearing masks in, in businesses, right? I mean, I've gone to the store almost every day to just pick up something. You know how frustrating it is to see people in there not wearing masks? And I can't imagine Virginia's dropping with cases. But in Arizona, where I, I just moved from two months ago, there I mean, there's like 22,000 <laughs> plus cases a day. Like mm. people are just like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. Just a total lack of disrespect. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I'm very curious what uh, you meant by your note over here, Rachel text. <laughs> so the other day, uh, I was just sitting at my kitchen. I think I was finishing up breakfast. I got a random text message from back in 99, 2000. When were we? Yeah, that sounds about right. 99, yeah. 2000. So, uh, just a couple years ago. R- yeah. R- Rachel, Rachel, Rachel Elliott. Um, she was Rachel Elliott then. Um, she was a college intern, um, new hire and right. stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and what we worked together, I guess three, four years or however long. Um, she sent me a text completely out the blue, just talking about like how she didn't realize um, potentially how uh, difficult it was um, being a black man. And, uh, and she wanted to do a better job at understanding and, and, and uh, she was saddened and disappointed by what was happening in society and, and you know, and that she wanted to be part of uh, the solution. Like I said, it was completely, you, you know. You probably hadn't talked to her in a while, right? No, yeah. I, right. I, I mean, you know, I'd shoot her a birthday text or whatever, but to, but to have that just land on me right then and there, I was like, that's exactly, you know, it's it's small steps, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, like, like I said, none of this is going to like magically disappear, you know, in a couple of weeks. It just isn't. So, I mean, getting that text from Rachel, you know, it was like right on time. It it, it gave me, it gave me some uh, real uh, uh, hope. It had to make you optimistic. It right? did, yeah. right? It absolutely makes you optimistic. Yeah. So that was the Rachel, Rachel text. Yeah, and I think she's not alone, right? Right. You're you're hearing from a lot of folks that uh, that look like me. Yeah. That are expressing the desire to learn, expressing yep. the desire to listen. Uh, to act to get us to a better place. I think the the challenge now is 
to Chris Young's point in the last podcast, fast food culture, there's going to be something else that grabs our attention. Yep. And so the notion of continuous pushing forward yep. uh, has got to be top of mind for a lot of people. Now, right. As you said, it's going to take everybody doing yeah. their part. I think there's, let's call it 95% doing their part because there's always going to be a 5% that <laughs> oh, yeah. just yeah. wants to push against whatever the uh, majority is trying to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I've heard it described as uh, moral manias. How do you mean? Like the fast food culture, the flavor, oh, yeah, the yeah. flavor, flavor of the day. day. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what is the next thing to get outraged about? Yeah, and <laughs> things get old fast. It does. Especially if you're talking like Twitter. So, you know, this it's the time to not let it get old. Um, all right, man, we are crushing this list. Okay. All uh, right. This is here. Let me check this. All right. So, <clears throat> tell us a little bit about. Uh, well, hold on. Which one should we end with? Out of, out of the woman at Chili's or uh, the food the line person? Woman at Chili's. Well, we should end with that one? Yeah, the woman at Chili's okay. was okay. real powerful. Well, we'll, right. end the li- we'll end the list. We're not okay. going to end the conversation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's so, end the list with, with the uh, woman at Chili's. So that leaves food line purchase. Food line purchase. Give us the rundown. Yeah, so last week I was uh, per- one of the many purchases that I've, I, I now make at food line and stuff. Just getting some stuff. I think getting some ice because. Uh, I was going to do some drinking later on and need some ice. Uh, and I'm, I'm standing behind a guy that uh, he had purchased, you know, several items. And he was looking for his, <clears throat> excuse me, looking for his debit card uh, to give to the uh, teller or, or the little uh, person uh, at the counter. And he couldn't find it. And then he got on his phone and stuff. And he called us, I guess, called somebody and stuff. It's like, hey, is my card there? Blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, and I hear the person saying, no, and he's still looking and stuff. I said, sir, if you don't mind, I said, I'll, I'll pay for your groceries. Just let me just add all this into it and stuff. And he looked at me. Couldn't he, believe it. Could, he, couldn't I mean, believe so it. So this was, this was a, this was a <laughs> describing a scruffy, scruffy looking white guy and stuff. I thought he had on like a deer hat. I thought it was the Milwaukee Bucks emblem, but evidently there's some, some other symbol. Or He's hat. probably a hunter. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, he looked at me to, to see like, huh, you want to do what? I was like, yeah, I'll just pay. And he's like, it's like, oh man. He's like, I'll pay it forward. I was like, oh, no problem and stuff. And, you know, and he, he, he tried to shake my hand. I gave him a fist bump and stuff. He said, he said, um, you know, ever since I came back from the military and stuff, you know, it's just been hard to like find good people. I was like, I was like, they're all around you. They're, they're just quiet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it was, it was just something that, you know, I, I felt like I was, I was doing my part mm-hmm. to whether that person, I mean, he happened to be a white guy, but I would have done the same thing if they were black, Yellow, Hispanic, brown, whatever. whatever. Yeah. But I think it caught him more off guard because I was a black man standing behind him and stuff. Certainly the way that he looked at me. What, when and, did this happen? Uh, Held two weeks ago. Wow, Craig. Two, two Craig, uh, the big shopping day in the Gilman family is uh, on Sunday. So <laughs> let, let, let me know when you're headed out. And I'll get in front of, in front of you in line. <laughs> it was. A, <laughs> it, it doesn't happen often, Paul. It just it just happened that day. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but it, it, like I said, it was just more so the look that he gave me. Yeah. Because I I think I well I know I caught him off guard. By one, just saying, hey, I'll buy your groceries. 
Like he he was not expecting that. Mm. You were here in Ashland. Yeah, 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 yep, right there. So that's that's wholesome. I like that. Yeah. Is the woman at Chili story is wholesome? Well, the woman at Chili story is a conversation that me and uh, Tony, okay, Tony had. So uh, last week, Tony and I went to go play golf. And, oh, Tony's and in town. He was. He was in town uh, uh, last week. So we hung out and stuff and played golf and. Uh, I shot a 96, which I'm actually, actually pretty proud of. That's not bad. Oh, oh I was I, I hit a couple of good shots. I hit I I hit a drive legitimately 290 yards. Wow. It it had to be wind aided. No. <laughs> it, it it rolled a little bit, but it was it the hole was 335 and I had about 45 yards coming in. What did you end up getting on the a hole? A par. Okay. That's still good. Yeah, it sucked, but I should have. You had. you probably should have had a birdie, but yeah, yeah. should have. But anyway, but yeah, so Tony was in town, and after we played golf, we went over to Chili's right here at Virginia Center Commons, and we're sitting outside, you know, and there was a white lady sitting, because um, there wasn't but two tables. She's sitting out there and stuff, and, you know, we were just talking, and, and she, you know, talks about, like, how she was just glad to get out and stuff and the and virus, and, you know, and the conversation progressed, and uh, somehow she, she started feeling comfortable enough to tell us that, you know, cause you always say, well, you know, how many kids do you have and stuff? She's like, well, I have, you know, I have two daughters. She's like, well, I have three, but I lost two. And she, this is a 65 year old white woman from Caroline County. Mm. So she's lost two kids. I was like, wow, that's gotta be tough. You know, uh, actually having to, uh, bury two children. So throughout the conversation, um, Tony uh, who military and just, you know, just the, uh, hell, I don't even know how to describe him. Paul. He, he's I mean, a man's man. Yeah. He, <laughs> so I, I could, I could, you know, Tony, Tony was, uh, we were having good conversations and then the woman all of a sudden says, said, I don't, I don't understand all of this, uh, civil unrest and stuff because, you know, I don't see color. I've got black friends and Tony stopped her right then and there, said, <laughs> said Victoria, because her, her name was Victoria. He said, he said, stop it right now. You know what? That's disrespectful. And she looked at him like her eyes were wide open. She was like, what the hell? What did I say that was disrespectful? It's like. She thought she was not being disrespectful. Right. I'm sure. Yeah. I, 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 and, and then I stepped in. I said, I said, no, don't say you don't see color. Said you don't make judgments or decisions based on the color of person that you're talking to. That's much more respectful because Tony said, I and, see, and accurate, right? I see mm-hmm. you as a white woman. You certainly see us as two black men sitting here. Because if so, we were white, you wouldn't have just said that. Right. So when, 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 but you hear white people say that a lot of times, like, I don't see color. Like we all see color. Craig, I've like, known you've been black and brown for 40 <laughs> like, years. Yeah. Like, right. So it's not, so you, you're not, you're not really being genuine when you say you don't see color. Um, so that was, and at the end, like we probably talked like 45 minutes, this woman, she was so, she got up and she said, you guys have opened my eyes today. And this conversation is something that I will never forget. And I'm going to start making a difference in how I interact with blacks. And how I engage in conversations and different things. And, and I mean, quite honestly, I was I was shocked. 
I mean, because like I said, here was a here was a 65-year-old white woman living up in Caroline County and stuff, and she was in a Mercedes-Benz, and I, I think her husband was a a, a, a a doctor or a lawyer and stuff because I mean you could tell she she you know had some had some money and cachet and stuff and so it, it was like hey that's progress mm-hmm. that's those are those are the small little victories if for lack of a better term it's not really a victory but those are things that are eye-opening moments because I guarantee you you know if all of this wasn't going on she would never have thought about that and and y'all wouldn't talk no i look at things as time and place like every like timing has so much to do about success or failure in life i truly believe that and i do think that us being there at that time because we could have sat inside chili's hell it wouldn't but 10 people in there and stuff but we decided to sit outside and she was sitting outside and we had a conversation that hopefully uh you know will give her a different mindset or perspective going forward Mm. i think the part that i really the takeaway that i really like from that story is the the reaction to the i don't see color yeah y'all could have just walked away gotten up (laughs) and like you don't get it you're an idiot (laughs) tony is a candid sincere dude and and he was saying that out of a good place sure he was yeah yep absolutely yeah saying let's stop you right there and let's like talk this out yeah let's talk to yeah 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 i think that that's uh a good way forward yep absolutely so craig we've made it through the list yeah um i I had a question that popped in my head a couple minutes ago sure do you think in the late 70s and early 80s when you and i participated in salt and pepper basketball games do you think that improved (laughs) race race relations (laughs) improved (laughs) i i I think that maybe at that point paul we didn't see we didn't see color (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I mean, we it did a little bit, right? Because we, we, we called it right. salt and pepper. We did. But, we did. But, uh, I think, yeah, it was it was different for our generation. It was. It was. It was so different. Um, you, you know, and and I, I I think it did. I mean, like I, dude, you know, I I I I I love you, man. You're a good guy. You're you're a good guy. Back at you, man. You're a good guy. I mean, the yeah. fact the fact that nine black kids on three bikes <laughs> come come over. To a white neighborhood, or or a handful of white dudes go over to a, a black neighborhood. Please don't edit this part. Out. No, no, it's okay. fine. All right, this needs to stay in there. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay. <laughs> but you get my point. Absolutely. Our, our parents' generation, no. the, there no. wasn't movement across town no. like that. No, we were, we were we were way ahead of the game. We were advanced. Yeah, we were. We were. Yeah, so, man. It's, right. a, it's a step in the right direction. So yeah. there there have been protests uh, that. Uh, I think are clearly sending a message that we've got to be better as a society. Mm-hmm. What What are your thoughts on what next steps are? What actions? Well, I, anybody I, can take. I think I, I, I think it, it needs to continue. Like I said, this is a marathon; it's not a sprint. But I think you we're so polarized, and depending on what lens you look uh, at through all of this and stuff like you see, you know, cause if you listen to Fox, it's all about the rioting and the looters, you know, and if you listen to CNN and MSNBC, it's about, you know, Hey, the protests and people doing things the right way and stuff. But, but we're, we're also a sense, you know, everything has to be splashy and sensationalized. And unfortunately, probably the first couple of days, 
you know, the rioting took more of a precedent than the protests. And I'm glad right. to see that that died down. It, you know, so I, I, I hope that we're on the path to something that is sustained. Um, because like I said, it can't be the flavor of the month. It can't be. It shouldn't take, you know, for us to see black people getting killed by police or black people getting killed by white people. And the thing is, because we now live in such a, a era where everything is, is everybody has a videotape. You, you, you get all of these uh, situations that have happened months ago and years ago and stuff. And now everything, we're, we're just, we can get to a point where I think we're oversaturated with issues. Um, and then I think a large portion of people might mentally tap out because it just becomes too, too much. overwhelming. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. And I think, I think what Lauren said a little bit of that, right? It can be exhausting. Yeah. I mean, because you can find something every single day, no matter what, what, where you get your information from. You can find something to, every to, single day. To madden you, to frustrate you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And it's a huge country. <laughs> we literally live in a, in a really big country. And, we do. And Third largest, if, right, by population. Yeah, and if the media decided to, to pick really anything. Yeah. Um, it's it's really easy to find something to get mad about. Like lightning sure strikes, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I try not to get my news from uh, CNN, MSNBC, or, or Fox. Fox, Fox. I'm uh, ready to just check out. I mean. <laughs> no, I, I think they're, they're good sources out there. They're just, they're just not obvious. Yeah. And they're trying to, to do journalism. They're not trying to sell. Yeah. Um, it's, unfortunately, that group is smaller than they've ever been. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I watch them. I watch them all because I can sort of be a, a, a news nerd sometimes. Well, and you mm-hmm. can pick out yeah. stuff that's right. I like, I like to hear like how the same story can have three different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three different. How does that happen? Right. How does that happen? <laughs> right. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. Cool. Yeah. So, what what should Daniel do, Craig? Be the best person he can be, and and you know, just be, like don't be an asshole. All right. And I don't think I, I think that's right. I don't think the bar is high on that. It's not. It's a pretty low bar. I mean, I don't I don't think that that's that's asking too much for people. You know, and when you see an mm. asshole, call it out, man. Just be like, listen, hey, you're don't better be an than asshole. Me. Right. Mm. It might be a little inflammatory if you use the word asshole. asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a better word choice out there. But. Okay. Yeah, you guys interject one and stuff. That's the first word I <laughs> No, it's, it's fine for this conversation. I think the other point here, too, is, and look, there are lots of, I hope, lots of examples of this. But, if, Craig, if you and I disagreed on something, you mm-hmm. and I would talk it out. Sure. There's not a lot of that going on in this country, at least not as the media portrays it. I think very quietly those conversations are happening. It just it feels like they're not. Yeah. And so I, this podcast, I think Daniel's with me on this. We're going to bring out conversations and we're going to have some discomfort in yeah. the conversations. And that's OK. Yeah. You got to have it, man. You got to have it. Yeah. It's not easy. But yeah, if you're not willing, if you're just going to have easy conversations, I'm not sure what we're doing. No, yeah. no. Yeah. You're just going through the motions. Like, I, you, you know, like I said, man, this stuff isn't genuine then that's that's worse than anything like seriously don't 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 do stuff uh that's not uh really from the heart because it comes it not only is i mean it comes off as fake and and then you know all that does is just really piss people off yeah 
Huh. Daniel, uh, da- Daniel and I have been talking about that uh, the last day or two. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, yeah I'm, I'm trying to find my voice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. In a way that's genuine. Yeah. And look, I, I'm 51. I don't know exactly what my voice is. I think yeah. that, I mean, I feel like Paul's Paul, right? Paul is Paul. Yeah. But uh, I, I'll take that as something. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what it is. Um, cool. Anything else you want to talk about, Craig? You're, you're gonna I, end up like with an hour and a lot of minutes in your episode. I can't, I can't yeah, I think it's gonna be good though. I think people are gonna like it, man. Well, I, I, you, you know, like I said, I talk from the heart, man. I, yeah. I, I maybe don't, you know, follow the script exactly. I try to, but as as stuff like pops into my head and stuff like, Oh, I think that this is important and stuff. And like yeah. I said, I, I, I just, I've enjoyed this. You guys are, you guys are great. Thanks man. Well, I appreciate yeah. it. This you, is awesome. You are great as well, Craig. We love having you on, man. We've been looking forward to this, uh, for you coming back. Yep. I, I was looking forward to the first one cause I, I know you, Daniel had no idea. And then like, I went into that one blind and I just, I, I lost it the whole time. <laughs> So good. I can't wait to hear it because, I, like I said, I can't remember everything. Dude. Oh, no, I don't have a clue what we talked about a month ago. I was, I was playing it back the other day, and I just couldn't stop laughing. He's texting me. He listened to the first five minutes. He's like, I've been laughing for the last few minutes. Oh. Yeah. But, no, we really va- – I mean, we value your perspective and, uh, and you, and, like, I really appreciate you uh, yeah. sharing all this stuff, man. No. Great, guys. Great. Thanks awesome for coming time. back on, man. Yep. Thank appreciate you. Yeah. All right. All right. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to subscribe through whichever app you're using. To share your thoughts, head over to our website at podso1.io, and there you can comment on episodes or send us feedback directly. Thanks for listening.